do you actually need any con? Do you actually need any things for the top or bottom of the show? No, Chris. All right. No, we we no. literally it's, we we are being the most lazy versions of yeah. ourselves with this. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> lots and lots of RX afterwards. He's heard. He's heard about loading RX presets. Yeah, there we. Well, there you go. Um, how are you guys? <laughs> good. Good. Well, you know we. We as say good, good as good but... as people people who work in the arts are in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you recording in Zoom, by the way, Chris? No. <laughs> <laughs> how would one? How, if one wanted to do such thing, I'm just asking for a friend. How would one asking for a friend, do that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But you, you're the guy with the Zoom account. You know, like, you're like, oh, look at me. I've got a Zoom account. Yeah, I've, got Z- I've got Zoom Pro. Everybody else, <laughs> calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes to show off. It's a yeah. massive status symbol at the moment. Like, we, we've moved past gear, speakers, microphones. Now, who's got a Zoom Pro account? Mate. But why? Why? Because Meet is free. And I know. To Dude, all thank you. It's better, as far as I can see. I can't quite understand why everything is in Zoom. Or Teams. Teams doesn't even work properly on my computer half the time. Mm. No, t- Teams Teams is awful. I think Zoom, the reason why I have Zoom Pro is it just makes it easy. It's because the cool and kids it have it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and all the cool kids have it. And, and it's just good. I, I'm not affiliated with Zoom. I wish no. I was. I yeah, wish it, I bought it, shares in Zoom if this anyone last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually, um, I heard a thing, a, a sort of, a, I guess it must be probably about a year ago at the moment. They said that they were having a 10,000% increase in um uh active users like uh-huh. per month or something it's like yeah that is i mean it, it's it's actually a sort of testament to how their system was architected in the first place that when when the masses came it just scaled yeah yeah they weren't it, like oh hold on we've got to move all this onto aws or we've got it you know they must absolutely. have architected it for scale and from the outset. and the main thing was it's simple it, it was the one video sharing platform that wasn't a social media one. So businesses felt acceptable allowing employees and customers to go on this thing that wasn't like, please phone me on WhatsApp. That took less than two minutes to install. Whereas you install Microsoft Teams and it's like, okay, where, where do I start? Am I now going to talk through my clients and my staff with this or can I just send the Zoom link? Because yeah. you don't have to have it installed either. No, I mean, I think Teams... Teams um... It's 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 clearly a different seg- segment, isn't it? Because Teams is looking at it, it's the whole communication thing. Mm. It integrates with their their other package, which again, yeah. I, I can't understand why people wouldn't just use Google. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah. but it, but it has that sort of Slack like element mm. and organization and things like yeah, that in it. It's, but, it's but for just a video, it? yeah. But just for video, it just seems to be very unreliable compared to... And the thing that's surprising is because it's just an integration of Skype, as far as I understand. Skype was really good, so mm. I don't really understand why Teams is so bad. It drops the video, it goes, it goes, drops the video, goes to audio half the time. I mean, it's quite Microsoft, clever. Microsoft taking something, making it more complicated and not working. I don't believe you. Yeah, don't. exactly. It's, <laughs> it's almost unheard of. <laughs> but I mean, Zoom. As, as you, you're right. I mean, Zoom had that, and then they then there was a number of scandals associated with Zoom, like uh, um, people being able to access um, um, confidential uh, meeting mm. m- meetings accidentally. Um, 
and apparently there's a uh, there's a a real uh, a real issue around um, uh, live child sexual abuse on uh, on Zoom mm. at the moment and on other platforms which have end to end end to end encryption and are live. Um, mm. Apparently, it's like a real a real issue that um, law isn't, enforcement isn't and amazing. technology companies are really mm. sort of struggling to to grapple with. But isn't it amazing that only in twenty in like less than twelve months, an entire industry had to figure out all this stuff, which should really have been figured out before, because people were using this stuff before to have meetings and stuff like that, mm. and everyone was like, "Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's secure." I'm sure it's fine. And yeah, it's only when probably all right. <laughs> yeah, probably all right. Let, 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 let's have big, huge shareholder meetings over this thing. We're not really sure how how, how to use it, but no, exactly. Yeah. Yes, mm. yeah. Well, it's because because a lot of people who were not who who were let's shall we say you know technologically naive suddenly mm. had to had to get over that. How, have either of you used any of this um, audio sharing stuff, like doing remote sessions or doing remote audio sharing? Yeah, I used audio movers. By the way, should we start the podcast here like this, or because what I was gonna do is like, <laughs> what I was gonna do? Hey, should we uh, do some work? So what I was gonna do is, um, I was gonna ask like, uh, because um, what I was gonna do is ask Daniel, um, how's work? You know what I mean? Like, because because we talked, Daniel, yeah, when we, we talked, talk about yeah, when yeah. we talked last week about like, I thought it would be a good way to open up would be like, oh, how's work? You know, during pandemic times. Right. What do you, Chris? Yeah. What do you think? Because that that like then yeah. then Daniel was like talking about a lot of interesting things. Yep, I'm I'm cool with that. I might just say so, Daniel. How's work? And then we can figure out the rest in post. Yeah, All literally right. just to, just to inflate your like ego, Dan. Like your episode from the last series is the most listened to show. Is it? Yeah. Oh, the the sh the long one or the short one? The long one, I think. The real uh, recording things that are on fire. Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the recording yeah. things are on fire. Right. That is yeah. like one of my favorite bits <laughs> of content ever. Like I listened to it, like I was listening to it again this morning, and I've been listening to it a few times this week. And mm. uh, and it, I think I started listening to it again after I spoke to spoke to you, and then I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, oh, we need to do that again. Because that was yeah. really, really, really good. Oh well, no, I was wondering yeah. when you. So when you asked me on again, I, I was wondering like, am I the am I the most frequent repeat guest, or is it Katie? I think Katie Tavini's been on. She's been on twice, I think. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. I'm overtaking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is, this is my uh, definitely this yeah. is my uh, maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> You're now the number one guest. I've been so missing far. the I've been missing the podcast. You know, I I downloaded the pod catching application just on the strength of listening to this podcast and i would listen to it all, you know in the car and everything and there's been it's been absent for such a long time i know i know <laughs> it's like maybe well maybe if i come on again you know that that's that's part of um yeah i mean i want to yeah, i do want to do it like it's um i don't know why mm. like we haven't really been doing it but like the we um we both had quite a lot change in our businesses and stuff in the last year i guess so yeah, yeah. But totally. what I want for the podcast, though, is to not be like... I was saying to Chris, I want it to be like... Mm. I want it to just be it, like really casual, really, really casual. Yep. Like, not... like cause yeah. I, So I, all this stuff that we've just been saying should be in it. Oh, yeah. So oh, no, it, and, and, yeah. It will so what, and it will so, be. Yeah, so don't don't worry need, about that. Yeah, so what we need to say... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's... <laughs> what, what do we need to say? Welcome 
to the Unlock Your Sound podcast. Well, that's the tricky bit. Like, I, I'm my guest. I had. <laughs> <laughs> Please do your own introduction. Yeah. Chris and I will go. You just, you, you, I just need to be myself down. for a couple of hours. <laughs> I think I just clipped. So, um, <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, actually, no, I've got a limiter on apparently. Um, it says, oh. it says I had an amber light on my logic. I, like, it's fine. Probably fine. Um, but yeah. uh, Chris and I were talking about this earlier. I was like, Chris, this intro nonsense. I hate it. It's mm. frivolous and annoying. And can't we just go into the content? And I don't care. I don't care. Um, because, like, only... I shouldn't be clicking this. Um, because only... Uh, you know, this only goes out to the people anyway. So, but because mm. I was I was listening the other day, and I really hate the intro, man. Like I feel like I was I must have been really tired or something on that one. It's just chilled out. <sighs> I was too chilled out for me. Yeah, but the problem is when you listen back to yourself, you always sound awful. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I I hate everything That's, I've ever said on yeah. audio. It's like. Uh, <laughs> When I hit, when I was teaching, particularly I, when I, when I would hear something back, I would listen to it and I'd think, I, I wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> like no, I, it's it's not a surprise if if people are like dozing off at the back of a lecture theatre because they listen. It's like this boring, like slightly nasal, monotonous, like blithering on about stuff. Sometimes it gets into the weeds a bit, and you know. And I just thought I wouldn't listen to me. I would be so bored. Um, and then at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to do some online lectures, you know, specifically. Mm. So I'd taken a block of teaching for the first for the first time for ages, actually. Um, and obviously the contract is done sort of a, a semester earlier. Um, so there was no so there was no no nothing was known about the pandemic at the time. Um, but then. When the when the session actually came round, um, I managed to de deliver one in person session, which was two weeks delayed because a union that I'm not a member of was uh, having a strike. Uh, do you remember that? You know when yep. people actually stayed away from work as a political expression <laughs> rather than to save their lives and the lives of others. But, um, the good old days. Uh, the good old times. Days, yeah, where where not going to work actually meant something. So <laughs> um, so I missed so I missed two sessions. Gave one one hour lecture, and then the next day the university was suspended. Um, and then when it came back, it was entirely um, entirely online. So I, I had to um, I had filmed the lectures in the series, had to um, produce uh, sort of screen shared demonstrations of how you could, you know, the demonstrations I would have otherwise given. But I had to do everything twice because we had to do, uh, because instead of saying, well, the equipment you need is provided in a lab, it was like, okay, so this open source solution for the Mac could do it like this. This open source ah. solution for the PC could do it like this and sort of show any sort of variations between the two. And then... Um, uh, and then and then give the lectures as well, and I found that incredibly difficult because there was no there's no nobody to respond to, nothing to bounce back off, no questions, no, no ability mm. to gauge whether anybody whether anybody was understanding, the sure knowledge that everybody could repeat and listen to every little. Oh thing, yeah, you know, so there's it, that. So you're like, oh no, I fluffed that. I need to go back, or I'm you know, I'm not quite sure about that. 
I think I might have said that unclearly, and then yeah. you go back and listen to it. I think, yeah, yeah no, that makes no sense. Okay, but so it took forever. It took like a day to record a two-hour lecture, um, and then uh, and then these were sort of drip-fed out to the students, and I had to appear for two or three hours every Tuesday morning on a chat room um, mm. to see if anybody had any questions, uh, which they didn't. Um, but you know, and then and then some people did the the assignment and handed it in as per normal, and you know, it was all a bit weird, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it must have been in a, like a crazy time for a lot of teachers and and professors and things to yeah. do this because you basically all had to become YouTube personalities in that way yeah. overnight, where make content, edit it, release it, be audited by your fans instantly and told everything you did was wrong or rubbish or wasn't clear. Yeah, had to go and redo it. But then I guess a year later. You might have more of a handle on and it hence than you the did in um, well. April. I mean, that's the thing. But uh, you know, just, and, and and you're absolutely right. And you know, or maybe I would complain about this, but you've got to remember, like the field that I'm in, <laughs> myself and my colleagues are amongst the most prepared mm -hmm. for yes. this. Um, you know, there are other people in uh, in other. You know, there's people in archaeology and uh, mm. you know, um, history of art or whatever. You know. They've heard of a computer, but it's it's not. <laughs> I don't think I don't think all of them the have to thing, you know. in, in my experience. No, and <laughs> yeah, so so chatting to people on the like, you know mm. IT, IT support, they, they have some amazing questions. Is this um is this know. all what triggered yeah. the emergence of your OnlyFans account, Dan? Uh, what my my uh, unbridled popularity yeah. amongst. Uh, Individuals eighteen to twenty, whatever. Um, or is that your tic your TikTok? Yeah, account? I'm, your, your TikTok account. Well, it's more that. Oh, I have actually downloaded TikTok recently. Somebody kept sending me links to TikTok on a WhatsApp group, and I thought, oh, I'm going to find out what this is, what this is. I still haven't quite figured out what it is, but it's quite addictive. You sort of watch something, and then you watch something else, and none of them. They're, they're all completely unrelated. Nothing is entirely. It is anything to do with anything i'm interested in but occasionally there'll be something like you know uh, a time lapse of someone baking a cake followed by uh how to use a power broom to, to <laughs> clean up a, a a path and then uh there's some woman in their underwear dancing along to a particular piece of music and and uh, people lip syncing stuff. It, it, it's a very, very eclectic, bizarre thing. I imagine if I actually engaged with it and liked and shared, and you know, then it would tailor itself a little bit to. I think at it's, the moment they're firing everything at me to see what I watch. Mm. <laughs> it's one platform. I just ca I can't add another Chris app loves to TikTok. my life at the moment. He loves I, it. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I don't have the headspace to have something else to scroll through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, that's true. Is it um, is it a Chinese thing? Did I understand that correctly? Yeah. Or at least it, like, it was. Um, isn't isn't Microsoft buying it or something? Well, wasn't that I'm a thing sure. where Trump decided that he didn't like the idea of the Chinese Communist Party harvesting millions of pieces of uh, data mm. from from U.S. citizens, and he was going to ban it unless it was uh, owned by a, an American company? Yeah. I don't think he gets gets how technology works. So yeah. No. I, I well, I mean, have you watched any of those um, Senate uh, committee hearings where they have like you know some octogenarian who has their emails printed out for them and bound before they reply reply to them? Sort of wow. asking Mark Zuckerberg, uh, mm. you know, or uh, what would they say? You did like. Uh, 
I've got this I've got this iPhone here. If I move it from one side of the room to the other, do you know where it is? And he's saying, uh, well, that is a product made by a company called Apple, <laughs> um, and we are not, you know, and this is the sort of level, and they, these are the people holding those, holding those uh, kids yeah, to Yeah, it's, it's actually you know. quite frightening. Mm. I remember... It I, is quite frightening. They have absolutely no idea what they're, what yeah, they're yeah. looking at, you know, what is happening in front of them. They don't know. Yeah. And, and they're regulating it, and... And I mean, I guess the same thing probably applies to to communication platforms that like we were saying earlier, like like Zoom, like Teams, like uh, um, uh, WhatsApp, and you know, the regulation of of all these platforms is undertaken primarily by people who don't use the platforms or have no understanding yeah. of, uh, of technology. I, I guess it's a it's a twee thing to say. Oh, what what good came out of the pandemic? And I guess. That's a tired expression, but I really feel that this this stuff has been not maybe not always done well, but it has been made to be more people's lives. It's become a bit more normalised. Sure. People have had to get this a bit more because it's not going to go away. I don't believe every single business will will return to in person in a meeting no. room. No, I don't. Because so. how could you now warrant the money you've saved yeah, right. from? getting 50 people from across the UK to all train or drive into London to sit in a room for two hours, but spend four hours traveling there. So, yeah, I don't think you can. And I was looking at some, um, uh, some market uh, analysis, um, from, uh, uh, that was published by, um, integrated systems, Europe, a huge hmm. consumer electronics and, and, uh, well, not so much consumer electronics, more sort of um, uh, AV and performance um, technology systems. And they, they're they looking at uh, the recovery rates for the live industry. This is literally something came through the email this morning. They, they reckon it was going to be 2024 before we return to 2019 levels uh, wow. in, in, live, uh, in, in live events. So that, I guess... An element of that is people's reluctance yeah, to absolutely. return. Even even if they said, "Right, it's fine. Tomorrow you can all go." Like, would you would you go to a concert? Ah, you know. Okay, I I thought you were saying maybe like the industries lost the money, so no one's going to be able to put on these events. You you don't think it's that? You well, think I think I think some of that. Audience. Well, well mm. I, uh, certainly the industry ha has lost an enormous amount of of money and momentum, um, mm. and it will take some time to, for events to go back on. Um, which obviously will have an, an, an impact. But um, it's also about the, I think it's primarily about the audiences for two reasons. Firstly, just a general reluctance to, um, to attend events will, mm. will result in a, a reduced income or um, the planning of smaller yeah. scale, lower profit events or lower income events. But I think the other thing that's, that's sort of a little bit overlooked and certainly makes some of the government planning um, a bit confusing in this is that um, a lot of events, any profit is in the last 15, 20 percent of mm. capacity. So right. if you think like you have a, you know, uh, a, a concert hall that holds four or five hundred people, you have to sell for 400, 450 seats before you to, 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 to break even and then it's the last seats that's the that's the profit margin so when the government says oh well you can you can fill your venue to uh 50 percent or a thousand depending on yes. um depending on what whichever's the lowest or, mm. um, and all that's subject to the ability to to um provide 
COVID safe environment, which a lot of say London theatres are, uh, the toilet facilities, for example, on the backstage and the, um, the, the communal areas are not suitable to, to keep yeah. distancing. Um, but let's say you could put a thousand people into the London Coliseum or the or Royal Opera House. Um, that wouldn't pay for anything to be mm -hmm. put on. No. So yeah. you could do it for a thousand people or you could do it for zero people. I mean, you'd still be making a loss. I mean, okay, so maybe the loss would be offset more or less, but it's still a loss. So if you keep doing it, sure. you'll be broke. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing that's tricky. And it's not just the big, I mean, obviously they're, they're good examples because, you know, you take an evening show at the, you know, Covent Garden of uh, uh, Tosco or something, you can get two and, a half, two and a half thousand people in there. They'll pay £250 a seat. They'll do that to capacity every night for as long as you're running it. In fact, it's basically impossible to get tickets after the first, uh, you know, few days that they've been on sale. Um, and that's how they pay for it. And that's how they pay for all the other stuff. Uh, and if you say, okay, well, a thousand people can come. So it's still quite a lot of money. You know, you maybe get 250,000 back, but it's not, I mean, a thousand people work there. It's really expensive to put on, you know, the overheads are astronomical. Um, and that scales all the way down to a small, you know, two or 300 seat uh, venue um, where the, mar you know, the, the, uh, the absolute, amount of money is is perhaps smaller but the sort of ratios sure. are similar so you still you still have to get that number of your seats yeah. filled to and and that's how things have been planned and it's um do, you know do it's you think do you think like i think uh outside venues will be different or do you think the same issue will be there because the reason why i bring up mm. is because because glastonbury obviously pushed back again to next year yeah i don't think they've released what the uptake was so can you now buy tickets that have been released by other people who now aren't confident for 2022 oh i see because yeah okay that would be interesting because obviously it was automatically pushed to 2020 then i think it was beginning of january they said look it's not going to happen this year yeah how many people will go in 2022 who bought tickets in 2019 and what mm. the fall off rate has been for those two times because would you buy a ticket to glastonbury for 2022 bearing in mind everyone who wanted a vaccine should have had both vaccines by 2022 but yeah yeah I mean, almost I mean, certainly the i think something like glastonbury is, is a bit complicated um because we have to assume that the the decision making around cancelling or or not cancelling takes into account um the very significant amount of uh preparation work and work mm. you know it's not just well, i mean when people think of it they think about well large numbers of people in a field but actually mm. prior to that you know to get to that stage um requires build. you know yeah. yeah the build and but but the planning in advance it's, it, it would be very difficult to plan something on the scale of glastonbury with no one meeting up yeah right with no yeah. one you know and so i think and that has to happen quite a long way in advance of mm. of the people meeting in the field so okay so maybe you could reduce overall numbers you could increase the space you know there's there are mitigations that you could make outside yes vaccines should be um available um subject obviously to its efficacy against all the new strains that may or may not uh, appear we had some data about that earlier this week um but i think something like that <clears throat> has got to be taken into account 
um, the build up to it as well, and 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 the difficulties of of that. I mean, I think what you know, one of the things that's interesting is so um, I worked on a a big show <clears throat> during the first lockdown, so um, and that was an outside event which should have been indoor. So what the the situation there was that was with the um, the English National Opera and. Uh, they, like everybody else um, who has big, complicated overheads, uh, were losing large amounts of money every week doing nothing and unable to do anything. Um, and there, there was no real mitigation to that. So <clears throat> I think they, they took a decision, which I think was quite a brave one, which was um, if we're losing money doing nothing, we could lose a little bit more money doing something, but we'll be the only people doing anything of any scale in this sector. So we'll capture, uh, we'll, ca we'll capture everything around that. We'll, we'll, ca we'll capture all the, um, the publicity, we'll capture um, all the sort of tangential and, and um, uh, marketing benefits and, and, and uh, brand awareness benefits that would, would, would go with that. So they decided to do um, what they called the world's first fully staged drive-in opera. Um, so it was in uh, the car parks at uh, Alexandra Palace. Um, it was Labo M. It was, it was a full production, uh, full cast, full chorus, full orchestra. Um, and it was immensely complicated uh, to, to organise because of the, uh, ju just, the, just the COVID security element was, was, was... So, for example, we had two orchestras, a blue orchestra and red orchestra. They never met. They never rehearsed together. Uh, the buildings and everything had to be completely sanitised and all the equipment, microphones, everything changed between red and blue uh, orchestra. Two conductors, wow. two sets of principal cast two choruses if somebody was tested positive in the violins red orchestra come out blue orchestra goes in so you can mix and match in mm. around um well but you'd swap the, out the, the place you'd, the, sorry you'd swap out an entire orchestra basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So basically, so the orchestra was seated on, on two. Gap, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so you just right. Okay, so the orchestra sits next next to each other. So if someone's ill in the orchestra, you get rid of them and you put another orchestra in. Um, and uh, that so you know that that was complicated. That it also had the benefit that we could run fifteen consecutive nights of two performances uh, because you know we could just alternate. Um, which which is good, you know, double casting. But you know, it's complicated. It, it's not the, it's not just putting it on. It was rehearsing it that was complicated. And then you've got to think. So there's this massive crew that's required. Normally, an opera is staged in an opera house, which are big, complicated, <laughs> well-resourced, infrastructure-heavy buildings. Yeah. Um, the car park at Alexandra Palace is a large, flat, concrete area on the top of a hill. Um, <laughs> Which doesn't have any of the things that you that you need. Mm. No power, no communicators, no lighting, no stage, um, you know, nothing. So, so uh, in in the same way as Glastonbury, an enormous amount of preparation has to go into to building and resourcing one of those stages. Exactly the same thing into a car park. Um, it was quite an ambitious production. The cars mm. drove. Uh, through the through the car park and up and onto the stage and, and off the stage, so cars were driving up and down on the stage. Singers were driving the cars and singing while they were driving. There were vans and you know it was it was it took the production took advantage of the the fact it was in the car park, but that also made 
made it complicated. It would have been complicated to do at any point. Um, then you add on to that um, full coverage by Sky Arts, um, image magnification on two enormous LED screens so that people in the cars could see. We did a FM broadcast so you can turn up, tune your uh, car radio in okay. to hear from, from the stage um, a wi-fi low latency wi-fi delivery system so if you came on a bike or something you could you could listen to um, you, you could improve your audio experience with that plus a full um, uh, front of house pa system uh, for the audience all the monitors for the the, the players uh, fold back for the orchestra to give them the the reverb that they were missing because they were essentially outside. Yep. Uh, you play a violin outside; it doesn't sound very pretty. <laughs> um, you know, you need to hear. Yep. You need to hear that room. There's no room. We have to make it electronically. You know, a very skilled chap called uh, Chris was underneath the the stage, uh, uh, feeding feeding the orchestra what they needed to give a good good performance. You know, it's 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 complicated. I was, I was saying to Chris as well, you know, they had all these shipping containers, right? Well, you're going to have this shipping container and you can put your mixer and all your junk in there and somebody else was going to have their shipping container. So there was a field of shipping containers. Everybody had their own little office and, you know, so the shipping container I was in had, you know, a couple of large uh, mixing consoles, record system, everything had to have visual tie lines. Uh, the conductor had to have a conductor camera. So all, all this stuff has to go in from nothing. Right. Um. And and so organising that without meeting or without coming within two metres of, of anybody else is very, very difficult. Now, Glastonbury is that times X. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. it's not one stage. It's one stage that's, that's two or three times the size of what I'm talking about, which is already massive. And then three, four, five, six, you know, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, and they have catering, they have camping and all that. I mean, we weren't allowed to put on this event. So <laughs> it was, uh, so the, ofi the, the, the official, the, the official the, the situation, shall we say, was that all the people over here are at work and they are unable to complete their work at home. Okay. So that's uh, legally yeah. permissible. All the people over here are parking their cars. Okay. If they happen <laughs> to see an opera, there's nothing we can do about that. So, you know, and on that basis, it's fine. But that does mean, you know, they just... So you just drive in in your car and then you drive out again. Now, Glastonbury, no one's proposing anything like that for Glastonbury. No. There'll still be camping. There'll still be... Uh, there'll be washing and, you know, toileting facilities and food and, you know, so... I think there there are so many factors. It's if just, they happen yeah. to be, I just like, love it. The new so story, <laughs> the new story. Instead of illegal rave and fear, it's illegal <laughs> opera. <laughs> oh my god, that is yeah. That is. Well, I, we had this issue with the um, uh, with the FM transmission to the cars that this pirate mm. radio station kept popping up, like point point one of a yeah. uh, you know uh, what is it? It'd be like a hundred hertz difference or something. You mean know, when you mm. tune it in your car? Um, but it was only it was quite sporadic. So sometimes you you test it and think, yeah, yeah, it's working fine. And then you go back and put the car on a few minutes later, and there'd be all this like grime music. And you're like, right, I'm not quite sure that that's that's what we're yeah, that's not what we should probably stop broadcasting doing. that, uh, shouldn't I? Like, it's yeah. yeah, exactly. That that, that seems that, that but the, you know then it's but it's impossible yeah, yeah. to track them down. So they you yeah. know we have an Ofcom license for it. They don't you know they switch on and switch off and uh, you know. <laughs> 
So mm. we had to take mitigation. You don't need a license that. when you're can't say you don't what need a happened, license when you're yeah. doing it out of a flat in Dalston, you know. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but if you if you've got you know hundreds of people, uh, you know, mm. in in the open, you need to try and yeah. you know stay in. In, in, in the world, but yeah, I mean, so we were just saying about the the, the economics of that as well. So you know, there's complexity involved. Mm. Um, well, I think there's three things that touch on what we just said. Firstly, it's a good innovation, mm-hmm. and it's and it's uh, it, it's a um, it's an amazing yeah, feat. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it, and, it, and it's good. It's it, yeah, exactly. It's good innovation, and it's and it's um, it's it's laudable, calculated risk taking by the management who think we're going we're going to go for this whatever yeah because you know, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily immediately obvious to everybody at the start how you could i think even it's do like it. like you uh-huh. have to commit to it before you know that it's actually yes doable yeah. so that so that so i think that i think it's also impressive thing. like the perseverance of everyone like because yeah it's exactly. easy at the beginning to go oh this can't work so how do we what's the what's the exit strategy as opposed to the perseverance like just the fact that like you know the the, the people, whoever was in charge and making these decisions and had to respond to the reality of like uh, it not being normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I find that actually quite impressive. Just even just to be able to, to go yeah. through the calculating. Well, yeah. Particularly if you consider like at that early stage in the first lockdown, a lot of arts organizations were making the calculation that this was going yeah. to be a short term thing. They would essentially hibernate and then emerge in right. the old model, um, yeah, back yeah. to square one, yeah. do it again. And yeah. it's only sort of really in the second and third lockdown that uh, that a lot of organisations have suddenly thought, we can't, we can't yeah, hibernate right. this mm. long. We've got to start doing something. So they were quite. So they. So there's there's that which I think is good. The then there's um, the the and the practicality element that we that we mentioned about as well. But the, but then from the economic point of view, um, how did this all play out? Okay, so we had these. Uh, the cars, 150 cars, 100 pounds a car, 15 performances, 150,000. Um, in fact, there was there was matinees as well. I think they were at the same price, so it'd be sort of 300,000 pound income, not pro- not profit, in- income. Now, 150 or th- even 300,000 is you know some of the stage, you know what, what mm. you know some <laughs> of the lighting package. You, you, yeah. you know the, the, the you need way way more people. In order to make something that I mean, I was joking about it at the time. You know, that'll barely cover my fee uh, yeah, right. if they, if they, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, it's just, you know. So, so the economics of that were quite instructive. In that, yeah, okay, they got all those tang- those uh, those tangential benefits, um, but you, but you couldn't keep doing that. That is not actually a, a model for continuing opera. No. Uh, in the pandemic because you know if you're losing 750,000 to a million pounds every time you put an opera you you, you can but you I, can't do that for for very long but i guess from all these situations cuz going to ask you like we've all worked in live sound at some point mm-hmm. and we know that part of your job is unplanned and unexplained and you only figure out what's going to happen on the night or in the next hour from oh this has gone wrong let me fix that mm-hmm. i guess doing anything in the pandemic is that times a thousand where you're constantly coming up with a, a novel way of fixing that solution that might just work for tonight but actually now we now start going right now how do we do this outside every year then yeah. it starts to become cheaper 
then it starts to become more realistic. You go, oh no, there is a company that we hire who only do knows how to this do way yeah. of working. They 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 do video communications for people in live situations. So you don't run sure. your own video communication. This guy comes up, sets up screens, cameras, right? You can now talk to everyone in yeah. this rig. So nobody, yeah. So so yeah. there's so so the element of you know figuring it out is taken out of the mix, and that yeah. rapidly. Uh, you, you, can you mic up all the orchestra? But can you actually mic up every member of the team as well, so we can all talk so to each other all, on yeah. our own tie line? Or we need Great, to, yeah, thanks. we need to integrate the comms with this and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I think. Well, I think there are two. I think there are two elements with that. Firstly, it's um, that there's there's a desire by organisations to give as much work to their own staff as possible. So. Mm. Um, if if there were if there were a choice between get your own text to figure out a solution to this using things that we have versus bring in a third party at the time when 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 work is very scarce and people are trying to retain uh skilled text um then it's then it's a good idea to try and and um employ them but uh yeah i mean at, Moving forward into a more uh, into a more routine uh, deployment of, of those kind of systems, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely certain that that uh, either new companies or, but more likely, new specialities within existing um, sound and uh, AV technology suppliers and and uh, higher companies will um, will emerge. And and I and I know that you know I, I've I've been looking at various other um, proposals that. Um, being uh, banded around for various events, some of which involve some quite novel and quite interesting uh, communication strategies, um, multi, you know, multi-site events, for example, to help overcome the uh, the physical limitations of some of the spaces, mm. um, which requires you know quite wide-scale inter-site communication. There are um, higher companies actually actively investigating. Uh, moving into those into those areas you know being able to enable um multi-site uh, communication where their bread and butter is normally you know mm. front of house sound yeah. or you know so so it's it's uh yeah i mean i think it's it, it's you like you were saying earlier like what's what's the good things to come out of the pandemic you know it's there's there's an element of that innovation um, right kind of uh yeah innovation yeah. and and kind of pivoting um and and uh capturing what what skills and and technologies uh -huh. are available within an existing business and kind of re repurposing i think as them. well like and, i think as well for know, a lot of people good. like I, I i certainly experienced this with clients is that um uh you know because everything i do is very digital right um so with mm. clients it's been like it it kind of put me on the right side of history quite quickly about quite a lot of things you know like one or two clients they were like oh chris this kind of puts you on the right side of history because everything you've been saying to do is like <laughs> on the internet you know and um you know and i think it's for a lot of people it's just like oh okay cool so doing everything digitally is now is definitely like that concept is proven basically in this, in like this last year, mm. it's just like, okay, cool. We have to get used to the idea that we do have to do everything digitally and create and create digital experiences yeah, and, uh, and, and digital think... products and digital um, processes. 
Yeah, and I think what, what's interesting there is that, um, I mean, particularly in my in my particular kind of subsector, uh, is that that is something that has been um, sl a slower uptake uh, by some arts and music, you know, some more established arts and music uh, um, organisations. Uh, which which follow a more traditional model, but um, th there's a there's an orchestra in London I've been talking to recently, and they're they're actually trying to trying to make that that difficulty a virtue. So you're saying like everything is on the internet. Well, that that that's true, and a lot of organisations immediately thought, okay, what we need to do is record and stream what we already do, um, which it, which puts it on the internet but that is not quite the same as something being right natively digital so th what this yes. orchestra is looking now to do is to commission uh, new work specifically uh, designed for um for consuming yeah on devices so it's not something that's written and and conceived for a concert hall experience, and then you get a second-rate version of it by a filmed and recorded mm. version that you watch on your phone or you watch on your laptop or your telly or what or whatever. They're now commissioning composers and artists for new works uh, where they know <clears throat> there will never be a a concert right. hall presentation. <clears throat> so they can they can do things that aren't mm. really practical in mm. in the real world and they can they can conceive for for the reception of the work they know how people are going to be yeah. consuming it um and that is not seated side by side in an acoustically superior uh -huh. environment it is yeah. or you know yeah on a walk in their bed uh you know sitting yeah. at a laptop uh I was going to say, you know, waiting, waiting for a bus, but you know, I'm not yeah. sure that we use buses. I mean, <laughs> some buses yeah. are used, um, so the people who are out and about might might be doing it out about out of break mm. and in their yeah. in their workday, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, and actually, uh, having that sort of ground up approach uh, pr produces a more satisfying artistic uh, uh, result for the for the composer, mm. and I think for the audience. Uh, member as well and it allows them to take advantage of technologies that that just don't uh -huh. that have no parallel in the concert hall like um location sp specific um composing so you know you the, the the composition develops in different ways whether you're moving or you're yeah. static um you can hear it differently uh, above the equator or below the equator. You know, there's, there's, there's infinite numbers of these these sort of variations, but but those sort of things don't really have a, a physical uh, parallel or, or contributory uh, works where the um, the audience members can can, can suggest or uh, provide. Uh, either direction or or um, audible elements that can be incorporated. Uh, mm. That's not something you can really practically do in a concert hall. But if someone's at home and they hear something, oh yeah, that's good. I, they can grab mm -hmm. their guitar, violin, ukulele, theremin, or whatever it is that they have lying about and join in. You know, or even mute parts of the parts of the orchestra. Yeah. I was just thinking in my head, like you could on the if it was an app based thing, like oh, I really like that passage. Let me just hear the violins. And yeah, exactly. Up and, you can't really stand up with it. Would, would you mind turning it down, please? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, can, I just, can we just go back and hear that just on the French horns? I was really quite interested. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but, um, and yeah, uh, and 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so I think so there, are, there are lots of there are lots of possibilities there, and I'm not saying that you know just uh, doing any of those things for the sake of doing it is a good thing. It's like any art; you've got to find an art reason to mm. deploy the technology rather than a technology yeah, right. reason you know sort of instead of trying to artify sure. the technology if you see what I mean but um but if done well I think there are opportunities there but the point is people will start doing it and there'll be some rubbish ones but some good stuff might emerge you know like everything you know if you think about everybody in the world who's made writing a piece of music right now like how much of that will be just <laughs> how much of that will never never get beyond the eight bar loop fret you know yeah, yeah, yeah. almost all of it nearly, nearly everything um yeah nearly everything so we need to, we need to have loads and loads of people putting out loads and loads yeah. of awful ideas that are technological yes yeah, so that we can start getting good and 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 if we get, you know, if we get the big established arts organisations and and um, music organisations and orchestras involved in that as well, then it will help them to not get I was thinking the um, VR thing we did for yeah. Stonehenge would be good now, actually. Yeah, so I mean that that seems to be um, that seems to be quite a popular watch. Um, that's on the um, the. Oh, is it, on, is it out? Uh, on the on, on, yeah, it's on their um, it's on their Great. digital platform. So they have a they have a sort of um, a, a digital platform with uh, oh. uh, interviews and behind the scenes, some recorded performances. Uh, yeah, so they have writ written, spoken, and music, video, and all kinds. Of, it's, it's quite, but no, it, it, I should have said it, it, it. It's been out for quite a while now, but I think people, you know, people are. Uh, th there's an uptick in in yeah, people right. visiting the site and and looking at the platform mm. things like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 sort of stuff allows you to kind of uh, go and experience things that you. I mean, what we what what we were always doing that was to try and allow an experience that couldn't be had in person. Because if you remember at the time, there were audience. In fact, there were quite a large number of audience, but. For for very obvious reasons, they weren't actually allowed into Stonehenge. I mean, like literally into yes. on and around the the stones. But by special dispensation and by um, kind cooperation with English Heritage, uh, mm. Chris and I were, and so were the uh, so were the performers. And so that allowed us to make something that was pretty unusual and and pretty cool. And my favourite part of that is still the fact that <laughs> we were. <laughs> once we set once we set up, we ran and we stood behind a we stood behind a uh, one of the stones on the outside of the ring, um, because this cat. So we had this. Uh, uh, okay, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, and uh, perhaps there'll be a link yeah. in in the um, in the podcast description. But if you haven't seen it, essentially, uh, it's a it's a three hundred and sixty degree video from the the centre of the ring of stones at Stonehenge, and. Um, the players emerge from behind the stones playing instruments, playing brass instruments. They move around. It's a sort of washy kind of paddy soundscape of just varying textures that goes on for a little while. And then the players disappear again. So it's sort of visually and audibly kind of uh, circular and interesting. But in order for Chris and I to not be actually in the shot, once we'd set up the cameras, set up the microphones and got it all running, we then scampered back behind a stone uh, to monitor the the recording as it was as it was going down, and because the stone was relatively narrow, we stood. We also it was freezing it was cold, cold and wet, so we couldn't sit. So we stood side by side by the stone, close to the stone, so we wouldn't be seen by the. And halfway through, like Chris just like nudges to nudges me. And goes, 
all the people behind us, it looks like there's two blokes pissing against Stonehenge. And then, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, th- then I couldn't, like, we were just like shaking with laughter because like obviously you can't laugh, but you're just sort of vibrating, <laughs> trying, and, and then like, it's obviously impossible to then hear what's go- what, what you're yeah. concentrating on. So you're just like staring at this VU meter, sh- sh- shaking with laughter and thinking, what you know how bizarre must this look because yeah, yeah. we were on the outside of the stones which is where the audience were and like we just had yeah. given zero thought to that uh but it just looks like they're listening to a load of people praying brass instruments while two guys piss on stonehenge i mean <laughs> that is probably oh, art yeah, in some yeah. kind of <laughs> complicated somewhat... complicated way but yeah this yeah, is yeah. very high art you wouldn't understand yes. yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, English Heritage approved. I mean, it was very, very bizarre. I mean, there was a lot of stuff about that. Because that we, we were there uh, where then there was this um, there was this ruckus one night while we were there. And, it, and um, we, when we, uh, we were having some dinner and we came back and there was like police everywhere. And it was actually difficult oh, yeah. to get back to where we were staying. And because we were staying in the, semin- the seminary of um, Salisbury right. Cathedral. And so we got mm. back it's like, What's going on? Like, what? what it, 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 why? Why are there roadblocks? And why is it? Why is it all this chaos and everything? Anyway, it just sort of. It was quite late. We had a few. We had work early in the next morning. Sort of forgot about it again. Next day, we were going in on the radio. Like, the Magna Carta has oh, been yeah. attacked at Salisbury Cathedral. It's like, <laughs> so that happened while we were there. Um, Wasn't it some oh, sort it was, of weird? Yeah, that something to do with substance so... or. Oh no! That was prior. So, so Salisbury Cathedral had been Salisbury had been the site of the um, uh, the Novichok uh, poisoning. Oh yes, um, yes, of course. Short, shortly before that, so mm. everybody was sort of on height, and the Russians had said, "Oh yes, we have come to see the wonderful, your know, hundred and twenty meter high spire." So when we arrived, we were joking, you know, "Oh look, we're here to see the wonderful hundred twenty meter high spire." Oh look, we get we actually get to stay on the grounds of Soldier Cathedral. This is a bit funny, you know, and yeah. and then and then someone tries to nick the Magna Carta like on the next night, and in the meantime, we go down to Stonehenge and pretend to piss on it. I mean. It, it's very, very, very... Do- I mean, when you try... Th- this is one of the problems I always have when people say, so what do you do? I mean, it's, like, pretty difficult to explain that that is the thing that you're paid for. I mean, because the other thing yeah. is, um, there was this... Um, there was a one-to-one scale replica of Stonehenge made out <laughs> made of Made out castle. of Bouncy Castle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So when we, were, when we were leaving, we just went up to it, and there was a guy next to it, and, and I said to him... Is there like is there like an uh, age limit on this? Because there was loads of like little little kids jumping on it. And he was like, I "Don't think so." So we like immediately walking boots off, <laughs> all aboard. Yeah. We've got to we have to bounce like maniacs on on um, on this one to one inflatable replica of bouncy car, of Stonehenge, and then stop in the middle to go. We actually this get paid. Definitely a right career now. career. Like, this is our job. This is our job. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Why do you think we do these jobs? Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah, we, it's not. It's, yeah, honestly, it's not actually about the money. <laughs> it's about all this nonsense that's, that goes oh, on. It's actually not about the money. If it was well, about the money, none of us would be doing these no, jobs. No, 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 exactly. There would be much more sensible things. I mean, I understand that, uh, you know, if you work at Deloitte, you can basically give people advice about about things for i actually um i actually have like that (laughs) as a kind of joke response up my sleeve so someone says like oh you know what do you do because i always give really really vague answers really vague 
Um, yeah. And, mm. uh, you know, but if it's like, oh, I work in music or entertainment or something like that. Oh, cool. Like, what you got? Mm. What got you into that? The money. Like, <laughs> like yeah. as a joke, like as a... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. actually yeah. a job. Yeah. It's a job. And and other people are like, you know, it, it must be like prior to prior to lockdown, a lot of people said to me, Oh, it must be amazing to work to yourself. It must be amazing to work from home. It's like I haven't seen anybody apart from my family for two weeks. <laughs> you know. And that's like in the normal times. And now I think other people are sort of thinking, oh, okay, maybe maybe work at home or work. it's not but but the good thing is, as you say, you then when when you do go out. You go out, you get up, and you go out of your studio for some reason, and the reason is usually pretty mad, and pr- or pretty interesting. It's and, the choice yeah. to be able to work from home yeah. is the advantage, not getting to work from home. It's I can decide what to do with my day normally. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> and it does provide. I mean, with with the family, it does provide excellent flexibility. In, no, mm. in the normal times, and in fact, it actually, oh, obviously, actually, in the pandemic, I mean, I mean, my wife has has a has a real job. So What's that? What's the real when, job? When when the <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is in music, but I mean, she's she's a she's a director of a you know a large established company. But the but um, but the point is, she's not like you know a sole trader bumming about. <laughs> to do um, yeah. she, she, you know, she she had. That, that goes that goes in my self assessment actually. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, there's that little bit at the end where it says, "Describe your business," and then it's like, "You have forty characters." <laughs> oh God, not this again. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so, what was the point? Oh yeah, oh yeah. This was my point. She has a real job where people really expect her to turn up every day and do a specific thing, and she has you know tens or hundreds of people who depend on. Uh, um, so that means. That right at the beginning of this, well, I I was well, I don't have any work, so you know, I'll just uh, play with the boys in the morning, and uh, you know, we'll go and do stupid stuff, and that that gives you a chance to do your work. And I think the and 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 you know, it, things have changed a little bit now, as we said in the second and third lockdown, people started to organisations started to realise mm-hmm. they had to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing uh, as I did, sort of, did some of the teaching. I did some. Cons- I've been doing some consulting. I'm still doing some consulting work for for new venue. Um, which is all, you know, desk work, uh, some mixing, editing, um, restoration work. There's, there's, there are kind of o- on, ongoing things, um, and now I, I am actually going out time to time, from time to time to to make new recordings. So that does does mm. produce new material. But, um, but yeah, in the early days, I was just able to say, okay, well, we'll just switch mm. off that bit, and we'll just, we'll just do this. Um, this bit and it's uh you know it, it does give you great flexibility but what oh, yeah that's, that's the other point i was gonna gonna make about things that might carry on from the yeah. after the pandemic um in general i think it's not fair for companies and organizations to assess what's happening now as being remote distributed or working from home paradigm because it's working in a crisis in the normal times if you sent people to work from home or distributed working as i think it's more yeah. uh, more normally called now. distributed working um, is that what it is that yeah distributed official? work i think that's the right. that's the new kind of car yeah that's the I mean, oh, okay term. cool yeah. yeah so instead so you're not work you're just working yeah, yeah. not in one place um i think um 
you wouldn't have to homeschool your children. Right. You wouldn't have to run daycare. Your yeah. partner wouldn't also uh, be there. You, um, uh, you'd be able to go out for some meetings and you'd be able to go to mm -hmm. a coffee shop to do some work. Or so, you know, there'll be lots of differences between saying, I think it's a good idea for, say, uh, ecological reasons, for, because it's greener yes. to not meet up mm. uh, all the time um, to work at home. And I think if there were no other factors that the, the, that the, mm. um, the coronavirus pandemic is imposing on us, I think... Um, it would be a fairer representation mm -hmm. of what's that, what that's like. But I do, I do hope employers do go with this. I just don't ho I hope they understand that this is like the worst version of distributed work. Yes. And the best version yeah, could yeah, be yeah. even better, you know. I think, that's, I think that's a really, really good point. There'll, there'll be, a, there'll be a, a cooling off period after this where there'll be the immediate bounce back to where everyone wants to do the thing you yeah. couldn't yeah, do right. for the last 18 months. Exactly. And that's... That, again, that's again not indicative of what's going to go on in the future because that's just how humans are. We're going to bounce back. We're going to go crazy. No one's going to spend any time inside for like two months. Be... <laughs> yeah. well, I won't be. Um, <laughs> so, it, but you're absolutely right. It will be this thing of no. What is the benefit? It will be that constant thing now of a cost benefit will be a number absolutely. one thing because there'll be financial problems for probably mm -hmm. half a decade minimum post this in lots yeah. of sectors. So there's always that. And I think that, unfortunately, will be the driving thing. It won't be a green one, unfortunately, when it really should be. Or a, a mental health point of view, that's another massive factor, is if you could flexibly work, how many sick days would disappear and how many mental health days and how many problems there might be at work might be eliminated by these of someone going, no, I just need to work from home this Tuesday. Yeah. Can't face Which means in. I can then come in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a really, really good point you've raised, Dan. Is it, it's it, this is not what working from home is at the moment. No, this it's, is this it's is approximation crisis mode. <laughs> yeah. crisis. Yeah, and, and I just I, I'm be interested to see how that will carry on with studios and and mixing and mastering in, in those fields because projects have moved faster in coronavirus for me than they ever have because people have had to be focused. Not, but then I'm thinking, is it because I've had nothing else to do? I think, no, people will always procrastinate. Mm. And I think that's another thing to think because people go, oh, if you're working from home, you'll procrastinate. I'm going, well, no, I think people pro procrastinate in an office. I think people procrastinate. If you give humans free time, they will fill it with meaningless rubbish and then occasionally go, oh, I really need to do that, I really need to do that work now. Yeah. And I just, I wonder whether well, you guys My My impression similar. of how, how I mean, I, I should probably give a... Um, a uh, sort of full full disclosure. I I have I have rarely. Um, I'm trying to th actually think. I I very briefly once had a job where I went to an office and that office had like five other people in it. So so my experience <laughs> of working in a a, a large mm. office is is uh, informed by uh, the experience of others. But my impression is that um, there's a lot of not necessarily procrastinating, but there's a lot of I can't I don't really know how to describe it but a lot of activity that takes place in a in a busy office environment that isn't actually pushing yeah, right, the mission forward <laughs> yeah yeah so it's not like people are just sitting it's not like they're sitting there uh, scrolling through instagram or something like you might mm. at home uh yeah. which is like obviously yeah 
away from your yeah obviously a yes. distraction of focus but there is a lot of just you know wandering around and emailing the person sitting next to you and uh getting something for the printer and making a cup of tea like uh, you know i mean my w- <laughs> yeah. working working for working for Cambridge university it was pointless monday meetings i think there's quite a lot of the- pointless zoom meetings <laughs> Oh uh, yes, but at least in Zoom meetings, you can you can stop the video or freeze and pretend you're frozen and go and make a coffee. When you're sat at nine thirty, going, I really want to get back and do my job now, but I know I'll be here till eleven because sure. we're having an, an operations meeting, deciding what we're going. We're we're basically allowing our managers to feel good that they've done some work today. That sure. is the purpose of this meeting, and and everyone in the room knows that, but no one gets at least paid we're, um, to say at that. At least we're. And you just want to cut. Or, get or no one day. gets paid little enough to say that. Because <laughs> you'd be like, yeah. I, I, could, I could lose yeah. this job and not yeah. care. I'd so, be better uh, off without this yeah. job. Is that <laughs> have, have both barrels. <laughs> yeah. Salary, yeah. personal uh, yeah. personal freedom. I mean, at least, yeah. at least we're recording. Well, I, but, but yeah. No, I, I agree. Think, There's a lot of stuff that happens which I think doesn't directly feed into the into the mission, if you like. And yeah. and uh, I was speaking to somebody the other day. Actually, a, um, uh, I I did go on a in person visit for reasons that I'll explain um, to a, a loudspeaker manufacturer, and that was mm. for, that was, um, because there's no there's no amount of online discussion that you can have uh, evolving around. How heavy is it? Are the handles right? What does it sound like? You know, mm. what's your manufacturing process like? How are these products going to be support? You know, you could read all their data sheets, but if you're if you actually want to get hands on, you've mm. got to get hands on. So I went down and he he was saying that you know they they've been able to bow they've been able to sort of cut out some dead wood in their uh, in their operations, streamline, and also just f- just focus in on what their key. Uh, their their mm-hmm. real aims are so uh, in the in the in the before times there was a lot of kind of brainstorm. Oh, we could yeah, maybe yeah. make something like this or this or this sector looks a little bit interesting. And that now mm. they're like, okay, what do we do? What yeah. do we do better than anybody else? Uh, how can we enhance on that? Streamline that? Make our production more efficient? Uh, draw people's attention to mm-hmm. like we make these fewer things that are excellent, mm. and yeah. you should have them. And our ability to make them is, you know, so that has obviously been a benefit for for businesses like his, which which I thought was quite interesting because that business incorporates like um, a manufacturing, a physical manufacturing element, uh, but also has the has the kind of communication with the sector uh, requirements. You know, they have to understand what engineers and sound designers want what they're looking for um what architects want in the, in the case of install systems um and uh, and they're also affected by the by the fortunes of the live event industry i mean if there are no more glastonbury's his factory turning out line arrays yeah, right. pff, well, you know it's a tricky one yeah. isn't it you know somebody's got to be buying 100 grand worth of you know stacking boxes yes yeah and they, and, and they, if they don't have the other thing they sell that's cheaper you, if you're especially in that sort of industry you normally make one or two things very well yeah very bespoke you don't make a cheaper consumer version that might be bought by thousands of people you don't have any diversity so you are 
Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, his his view was that um, that that laser focusing on um, on their core product was was ultimately beneficial. So it wasn't like a diversity into into consumer products. It was it was more a case of well, let's just make let's make our manufacture mm-hmm. of the core products more efficient, um, yes. yep. and then. Uh, during the uptick, which we hope will at some point happen, um, yeah, right. they'll have that advantage over mm-hmm. over others who you know. So and obviously, like all all businesses were different, but yeah. I, it will be different. But I felt that was quite an interesting. I mean, it's like um, you know, position that he had when adversity comes along and says, "Hey, like you need to, you need to like adapt or or die," sort of thing. You know, it comes along and adversity can be anything, yeah, yeah. right? It can be like. <laughs> a company losing market share because just because or because mm. of a, a pandemic and, and all of that stuff at some point mm-hmm. um you know if you don't if you don't like streamline your business and get leaner basically like someone else is going to do it for you and put you out mm-hmm. right mm. well i think this has just yeah. accelerated that because i think in the, what you're describing is like a traditional business growth model where eventually you reach a sort of plateau um uh and and it yeah. and, and you end up with bloat and then your um your motivation to to restructure the business is because it's no longer growing or the uh-huh. margins are falling or your consumer base is falling or something. Uh, whereas now, uh, I think a yeah, lot exactly. of businesses have been pushed yeah. into that restructuring just a, rather earlier yeah. because they're looking, right, okay, yeah. let's get rid of all this bloat before just it becomes a very different its kind of very shocking yeah. and quick kind of adversity as opposed to like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty harsh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like overnight. Overnight, the, really, the really overnight. Like, off. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was literally yeah. like um, for us. It was like yeah. March I mean, 13th or something. It was It was yeah. it, within a week. You know, I just had yeah, everything yeah. cancelled for the whole summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, OK, interesting. Because yeah. I think because with, with like um, we, we spoke early um, uh, late last year, um, Chris and I discussed it, like the, the way studios are, are run and hmm. how that will change. And it's the studios who didn't own their building, who had bloated, who had not been streamlined because they didn't have to be. Not because it wasn't a good idea, just because it wasn't forefront of their mind. As soon as yeah. you could not work for two weeks, all lots of not all of them, lots of studios found out their burn rate was two weeks. So if we it wasn't there was no money coming in, just two weeks no money came in. Even if were, even if a project was booked in for a month later, they they can't afford to pay the rent or rates or staff, so you close. So it wasn't a bad business; it was just a bad mm. business model and the way mm. you designed your business around it. Yeah. If you owned your building, if you hadn't bloated, if you hadn't hired loads of staff, if you hadn't bought equipment you didn't really need but thought looked cool, yeah, as a lot of places do. That, but then some people really go, oh, well, the music industry's dead. No, bad yeah. businesses. Died, well, yeah, I mean, I think I think industry. you, uh, I, I think you have to be slightly careful on the point like that because I because I fear that you're you're slightly conflating two things there with, with particularly with the building ownership. So, um, yeah, you can that, have that was inter- from a very yeah. general <laughs> point of view. Yes. So, yeah. so uh, in broadly speaking, I agree with everything you just said. However, if you think about uh, if you think about the cost of acquiring a suitable premises in London, for example, mm. I mean, uh, you could be you could be buying your building, but it's going to take you know 150 years or something of your business to 
but that, that exactly and that kind of backs up my point of going yes so maybe london wasn't the place to run your business from like yeah uh, do you see what i mean like so it's not i'm not mm, saying it's impossible no, or you shouldn't run a business in london it's just that then doubles into my point of going well is it so are we basically saying a major city is no longer a place to run a commercial studio from mm. i'm not saying that's true because obviously location does matter yeah however can you run it? Are you able to put the drive behind it? Are you able to have the capital to hold out if this all happens again in October? Massive new variant, vaccine doesn't work, we're yeah. back in lockdown in October. Can your studio mm. run for another six months without people coming into your building? Yeah. London maybe is not the place. And for do you think that be. depends, I mean, to some extent on the uh on the sort of scale of the operation do you think that do you think that scales evenly up and down i mean mm. so if you take your air lindhurst and your abbey road okay so you know i think air owns mm. um i think air owns the premises i think it was it was bought by george michael so uh, um, george martin sorry not george yeah uh, and you know and they uh, and they only but you know abbey road has been uh has been on a shoestring for for years now i mean it's changed hands a few times and 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 they and then both of those institutions have amazing brands, good location, incredibly well connected into the the rest mm. of the industry. They are good businesses. Yeah, but are they the are they know. the exception to the rule because because of how big they are? Like you said, to start with that um, opera people, mm. they were the, going to be the yeah. ones who stayed doing something. Are Abbey Road sure. and Ellen's big enough that they go well? We yeah. can take all the film scoring jobs in the UK or Western Europe at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, when else, you're at the yeah. when you're at that that sort of level, mm. I guess your competition is international, isn't it? So, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's interesting because the um, yes, they they. Uh, that they are they are the they are these kind of household names or certainly in our industry they are very very well known names um and uh, you know abbey road i guess pretty much everybody's heard of and mm. um i mean it, yes they can they can they can hoover up a lot of film scoring jobs however they were already hoovering up a lot of film scoring jobs Precisely. so yeah. so this is the thing so can they survive on uh, on uh, you know in the new arrangements so um i've done some uh, some work you know, in the in the media field during the lockdown, um, so not 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 a not a film uh, not a film during the lockdown, but but uh, a couple of sessions that were that are very film like, so requiring all the uh, all the same kind of infrastructure and using the same uh, the same groups of people. You know, the Isabel Griffiths uh, groups for for the for the players and so on, um, and the and the MU rules and it. Are stipulating you know two meters clear for each player single desks so violins you know can't sit mm. for, you know uh, violins violas cello can't sit next to each other um woodwind and brass they have to collect their own uh condensation you know they, when they open their water valves they've got to collect it in a tupperware and take it away and yeah. you know so uh, uh and uh players have to be given extra time to to use the toilets and mm. and uh, the rooms have to be open. The, the the session break has to be held mid session, not at the end, like it often is. So uh, there are a lot of things that mean that it's really difficult for anybody apart from a big, a big organisation to run a session run like it, that yes. because 
um, you know, Abbey Road, Abbey Road One can still put a pretty big orchestra in, even mm. if everybody's separated by two meters. Yes. Yeah. Um, Air Lindhurst can do it. Air Lindhurst but, yeah. can do that. <laughs> but uh, and you know, one of the things that that has come up a few times in the last little while is you know. Oh, it's a shame about Angel, that sort of mid-sized studio. We had a nice mid-sized studio in London. Kind of, there's no real alternative to that. So, you know, so, um, but, but you, the, but if you if you could just about fit a, a, a sort of medium-sized orchestra in, now you mm. can get a tiny chamber group in, and it's not, it doesn't have the same appeal. You know, no one's going to book that. They're going to go to Prague. They're going to go to, you know, Eastern yeah. Europe. Um, so it's so some so in some senses the bigger players have 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 the have the sort of physical infrastructure that you might might need mm. um and uh they can keep going they also have bigger overheads obviously uh, yeah. and when you get when you go you know when you get a bit further down where you have maybe like a a couple of rehearsal studios and a small you know more like a sort of provincial kind of um mm. studio that you know a lot a lot more people will be that there are a lot more of that a lot more people will be familiar with and a lot more people will be using or maybe your listeners maybe even running such mm. such organizations um they might not have the, mm-hmm. the toilet facilities the break facilities the green room yeah. facilities the uh you know to to enable social distancing i mean a lot mm-hmm. of studios are quite compact and yes. the control <laughs> rooms as well is the control rooms are compact yep. you know uh how do you uh, and and may not be you know beautifully ventilated it's uh, you know so <laughs> windowless boxes yeah, yeah. exactly windowless <laughs> air tight rooms exactly so there you know it's tr- it's a tricky it's a tricky mm. one and and um and if you're saying okay so abbey Road can go from 120 piece orchestra down to a 40 piece orchestra uh but uh, you know that's okay so maybe there's workarounds if you're saying, well, my live room can go from a four or five piece band to a solo player, uh, that's really quite a significant change, isn't it? You know, uh, we're not trimming a few off the backs, back desks of the violins and violas. We're saying, well, it's drummer or bassist kind of thing, you know, and that, that can <laughs> one be at quite, a time. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so that's really a, quite a different proposition. So it's. Uh, yeah. it's uh yeah i mean it it, it it is worrying how this will how this will affect the industry at all levels um mm. and uh you know my bit has always been a bit precarious on uh, because because there hasn't really been a good way of mm-hmm. of adopting a lot of the the technological advances that have allowed you know bedroom producers and smaller outfits you know if you need a 60 piece string section it's you yeah, need yeah. a big room you need a lot of people you need a lot of stuff it's always it's always on the margins of of what's what's possible yeah. uh for the money um whereas you know if you've got amazing ideas a laptop and a, a daw you you can compete in the same you know to in, in yeah, to right. some extent the same market i mean you're yeah. not you're not head to head with an opera um but you're not, you know, you're not worse. You're probably going to do a lot better, you know, in terms of absolute yeah. sales and in terms uh, and revenue, you may well do a lot better. And in terms of um, profit mm. uh, or profit margin, you're very, very likely to be in a huge advantage. I mean, there's there's quite a lot of like, there's quite a lot of businesses that like, I mean, some businesses that w- when some businesses that were like still in their traditional models, and then they officially went out of business during the pandemic. 
Hmm. And, you know, quite a few people were like, oh, it's a shame this. I'm like, I'm like, hey, that company's been out of business for 10 years. Like, that's... This is my like, yeah, point. You know, this has just been... Yeah. You know, so. this is just, like, this has just been... It's the final name in coffin, but they've been out for ten yeah. years. They've drawn, yeah. This has drawn attention to the underlying. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It sped the process up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is what I was saying. It's like you know, it truncates that that typical development mm. ending in a bloated plateau. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it pushes that back, and if you were if you were going to fail, pushes that back as well. Pushes yeah, exactly. it all earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. but it, I think it's really important to say that this doesn't mean that if you are in difficulty and if you are failing and if you you know if you are uh, struggling rather, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything wrong or your business no, model course, was, course, was, yeah. was poor. It just means that it, 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 it doesn't suit the current reality, uh, the current climate. And, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, and in some cases that will be genuinely unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. cases it will be uh, drawing attention to, to uh, structural deficiencies. Um, and in the, uh, you know, in some cases, it will just be accelerating an, an existing, uh, uh, well-understood uh, trajectory. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 you if you're if you're listening to this and you and you are, you know, having great difficulty with your with your business, we're definitely not saying that you're doing it. You're doing something wrong. We're just saying right, that there are a lot of situations where where um, this is just you know, really stress testing everything, the things you're yeah, in yeah. control of and the things you're not in control of. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have said better. Th- and, and thank you, Dan, for saying that because we've talked quite negatively about it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, the, but that is it's a reality that this is difficult. Yeah, it is, it is really, that, really difficult. That there's, there's a, I'm sure most people in a creative industry can see Obviously, people have had work and people have done things this year. But at the start of every lockdown, there's a dip because everyone on earth went, oh, I'm not going to spend any money for a second because I'm a bit freaked out right now. Everyone gets used, gets settled. People start putting, buying things because we're humans and we want stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're caught at a bad time at the beginning of that lockdown, for whatever reason outside factors come into your business all the time then that is it's 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 not, it's yeah. not your fault it's the reality of living no. in a world with and then obviously and we we don't get the same attention i mean the creative industries don't get necessarily the same attention as other uh, other more obvious uh industries yeah. or maybe mm. more i don't know whether obvious is the correct word but perhaps more visible in in, in uh industries i was just thinking when you're saying at the beginning of every lockdown i i think about uh, I, I'm sure I've seen like when when the news reports at the start of one or two of the lockdowns, mm. um, they were kind of having live reaction from you know a uh, a, a publican or something you know and this yeah uh, and I'm sure they you know they sort of give their feedback and there's a few where they've been sort of crying when they've heard oh you mm-hmm. know it's good and and that's you know that. Uh, you, you, the the news will do that because that's very relatable. A lot of people go to restaurants or go to the pub, but it's it's basically the same thing. They have some overheads and some production costs, and they in order mm. for that to work, people need to go into their building physically, yep. sit together, drink things, and eat things. We have that as well. We have overheads. We have production costs. People need to go into our buildings to uh, 
to listen to things and to look at things um yeah. you know both uh you know both both the members of the public uh, or the audiences and mm. the the kitchen staff and the wait staff or the artists you know everybody's got mm. to be together and when you take that away um it's really difficult and you know so the pubs are now doing takeaway take away food and take away beer and you know yeah. and this and we're we're trying to do you know we're trying to yeah. do that you know you, yeah. you go on youtube there's all these many many videos i mean uh, you know I, i'm not criticizing them um i've been involved in the creation of some of them but there are many many videos of like you know choirs singing together all on zoom and <laughs> orchestras playing yeah. together like this is our sort of lumbering attempt to put together a takeaway menu um yeah. and and as uh, and as we get a bit further yeah, mm. we're going to be we're going to be uh, enhancing that. Then we're going to be coming up with things that we couldn't have done in the restaurant, you know. Yeah. And experiences and I don't. I mean, there's a good example. I mean, it's a good example because um, you know who who doesn't like a drink from time to time? Well, some people, but um, I, I have a friend who whose family business is um, importing and distributing wine. Mm. And they do it exclusively to the um, hotel and um, restaurant chain. It's like it's a fine, fine wine importer. And um, essentially, their business overnight, there was no orders because yep. if no one's going to the pub and no one's going to restaurants or hotels, they're not ordering wine. And mm. this is not a you know this is not a sort of. A, garage you know back bedroom type operation they have to have enormous warehouses and bring in mm. wine in shipping containers and they have a fleet of livery trucks to deliver it so um so the guy uh uh you know friend, the friend of mine who i know he he took two weeks off his of his actual job to write a um, um a director customer um what do you call it a sort of a home delivery service uh, right a shop app on their on their on their site and may make it mobile compatible tried to tie it into all the things that that uh, people want they he, his his target or well, their target was basically the fewest number of clicks between uh the thought I want wine. of wine and <laughs> yeah. wine arriving so uh it's and it and unlike many of the more established shops it is really straightforward you you go on it type in your um type in your um postcode if you're already set up with something like google play just click uh, google pay click that button a yeah. uh, couple of days later a man will turn up with a case of wine and they've never and they've never had uh, they've never had that sort of to, to the mm -hmm. to the consumer service but they looked at what they had we've got masses of wine we've got loads of trucks how can we find yeah what can we yeah. yeah we've got to go and find new customers and uh I really hope that that continues because you know I've I've enjoyed this service greatly. Um, <laughs> it's not like a wine club; you don't have to jo you don't have to sign up for you know. X What's the name of, of the company? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, use my it. promo code. Um, it's <laughs> it's called Anthony Burns Fine Wine ABFW. It's uh, it, I, don't, I don't think they deliver to Chris, but you're definitely in the catchment. Uh, you're both called Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they deliver to you, Chris Carvalho, but they would deliver. You're definitely in the catchment, uh, brilliant, Chris Baby. Um, so, 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 yeah. I mean, so, um, so it's just another pivot. It's just another pivot. Mm. Like their options are: well, we could furlough everybody, sack everybody, sell the business. You know, there's loads of yep. choice, or, or we can, or we can just 
you know, cut out the middleman, if you like, you know, instead of selling our wines to a hotel who sell it to people, let's find lots of people who are alcoholic and are stuck in their house and service that that massively emerging, <laughs> yeah, that emerging market. But it's, it's that thing of, of taking what you have, seeing what you can do, adjusting, adapting, being like being forward thinking and being the kind of person who decided, no, I'm going to do it now, not in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, exactly. That was another example of uh, of sort of um, managerial bravery. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. you know, because because you've got to assume that initially that was a hugely loss making operation. I mean, sure. I was like on Two board. Weeks for, a long yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. But also, like, I was on board from the the the, the very start. Okay, I'll order a case of wine, hundred, couple of hundred quid. They need people to be ordering like a hundred cases of wine, a thousand cases. Mm. That's what their business is for. Yes. So you Hotel could have e- don't yeah buy two exactly. <laughs> so, so you could easily they could have easily thought, oh, it's it's going to be a lot of hassle. It's not mm. going to be worth it. Um, we just need to wait till hotels open. Like that, that would that would be the sense, you know, that yeah, would right. probably be the decision you would advise, yeah. wouldn't it? If you looked at a big, complicated business and you thought, well, well how are you going to go from business to business to business to consumer immediately? Mm. Um, you probably wouldn't suggest uh, running the whole thing in house, like your own delivery, your own mm. website. You know, you you might try and get on a platform or start selling to mm. wine clubs, or you know. But uh, so I think that was a brave decision, and I really sure. hope it pay. I really hope it pays off. I mean, you know, I'm not privy to the details of their their of their their business, but um, you know, I'm happy that that I you know I'm I'm two clicks away from a case of wine, and. Um, uh, and you Providing know, a service. yeah, exactly, and and so and they are and they are still going today, and it's been like eighteen months, so you know, or no, not eighteen months, you know, what is it? Uh, it's pro- yeah, it's probably like a year since. Yeah, right. You know, they were they were quite early out the gate, and again, the 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 Eno thing, the the uh, um, Labarome in the car park, that was in the summer of the first lockdown, so it was early out the gate uh, mm-hmm. in into that, and I think. Um, you know, because there are other examples, you know, that we could point to less favourably. I mean, again, in the arts, you know, I worked with an organisation earlier on uh, in the in the in the beginning of the first lockdown, who were looking to to have a platform to monetize uh, video and audio content, um, and it was. I mean, I'm definitely not naming any names, but it was a bit shambolic, and mm. slow, and bureaucratic, and uh, and even now. The 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 understand the marketing understanding just has not caught up with 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 they don't I don't think they understand that their product is the video, yeah the video is still just a thing, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. some sort of me, me, medium and actually uh, Chris uh, Chris Carvalho and I talked about this the other day you know the issue with trying to the the issue the issue with trying to sell art in some kind of technological format. Means that the, the 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 format element imposes itself um, yes. on the art as well. I'm not really explaining this very well, but but the but essentially like the the production value of the audio and the video is also what's perceived as being part of the quality of the art. So mm-hmm. it's all got to be, you know, yeah, one right. thing. So if you are like, yep. well, this is the best artistic content, sort of haphazardly produced and not really marketed, and you know, you're not going to see. You're not going to see a good return on that. Whereas some less yeah. good art with excellent production value, 
great marketing, reaching into the, you might actually do better. It's mm -hmm. whereas in a concert hall uh, environment, you know, you go to see the good performance. Mm -hmm. You don't go mm -hmm. to see the mediocre performance. But that's just, you know, and but explaining that is so, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling to articulate it to two people who I, who I know already know what I'm trying mm. to say. <laughs> um, and it, it's kind of quite From difficult. Yeah, it's quite difficult to, uh, it, it is quite difficult to articulate it is, that. But it yeah. is, um, it's a difficult concept to, to tackle, actually. Yeah. Like, especially when, like, because I think what we talked about was just like, and I think this is kind of like what I my kind of version of this was like cool well you have to decide what the product is and yeah. and then take the marketing out of like take uh repurpose it into yeah. marketing derive like, the marketing directly yeah from exactly the product. Exactly. Yeah, exactly like but you have to make that decision and not be like oh put all of the products the product is the marketing as the product is marketing i'm like well something's got to be the product you know, like, um, yeah. because otherwise yeah. you're just giving everybody everything away for free. And that's that doesn't make sense. You know, no, exactly. Um, well, that's what you're talking about with like a f the, the, the funnel concept. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you're sort of driving everybody to something yeah. and trying to uh, add this value. Yeah. Uh, at each um, at each stage. And uh -huh. uh, that's just not really the way that that. Uh, arts organizations and venues have really thought about things it's like i mean i suppose they have but not really not really in the same terms you know um so part of the value adding of one venue over another venue might be just the the the, the built environment you know mm -hmm. is this venue more comfortable is it more yeah right is it is it is it, is it nicer in some way mm -hmm. um and when you take and, and a lot of organizations have put a lot of effort into that and you know the, what's the visitor experience like but all that's that all counts for nothing if they're if they're competing uh video against video yeah on a platform uh you know they they could be competing without somebody with an awfully tatty uh you know uncomfortable chairs and in a part of town that you wouldn't really want to go to yeah. those people are like this is an excellent opportunity yeah. we could compete with the yep. most comfortable seat and the most beautiful place with easy free parking or, you know, whatever it is that the, the venue is normally, uh, mm. you know, they're, they're trump cards. It's, it's, it is quite a leveler and it is quite then difficult yeah. to explain to, you know, visitor services people, marketing people, you know, mm -hmm. like all that stuff that you've spent so much time and effort like refining. None of that matters. You've got to forget that and start thinking about this element, which has always been like an add-on, you know, oh, well, yeah. maybe we'll stream it or maybe we'll record it or something. But that hasn't really been the focus of those organisations. I think the main thing to compete on, though, is experience. And like some of the stuff that you were saying yeah. before, Daniel, about the interactivity, the things that you can do natively. It's like when yeah. I watch things happen on Twitch that don't happen on any other platform because yeah, it's right. so native to the internet. It's so native to engagement, yeah. uh, Twitch. Like, not even YouTube does it, um, which is why you get, like, strange things like people gifting subs to each other in the chat and stuff. Like, all of this money just circulating inside the chat, basically, mm. um, on, a, on a Twitch platform, and that's, like, very, very native. And I think, um, I think that's what people will have to compete on is, mm. is um, mm. they'll have to compete on interactivity. But and don't you think like something like Twitch is an interesting, is is, is kind of it's con conceptually interesting per se. I mean, rewind a few years and think think about somebody coming to pitch this idea to you. Okay, so um, I've got this idea, and it's a it's a platform 
it allows people to uh, use their computer to watch somebody else using their computer <laughs> to play a game. <laughs> yeah. This, so, I'm, hang on, hang on. I'm telling so, you, this so, is so going to be. So you can play the massive. game as well. No, no, no. You go, you don't play the game. You just you just. I don't play watch, the game. I watch someone. What someone else plays the game, and they <laughs> might, and they probably tell you what they're doing, which you can also yeah. see. Uh, and you, it does sound insane. but you can write you can write little messages that pop up alongside them, and and not only they can see them, but other people watching can see the messages you're sending. Yeah, this is going to be yeah. enormous, and you'll be like, "What are you on about?" This is another one of your you know drug fueled bizarre you know yeah. dream world fantasy. But this is and that's what you said to me as well, Chris. You know, yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, but that is that's a brilliant. That's a, Twitch is a brilliant encapsulation of. People taking existing technology, none of what Twitch is is revolutionary or had to no. be developed for the platform. No. Everything on that system existed before in yep. other ways, yep. and it never worked. Yeah, and right. Chris is absolutely right. Every single, or, no, or almost every single live performance I've seen of an artist in lockdown has missed the one key factor, which is audience participation yeah. and audience inclusion. Yeah, yeah. Every single Twitch streamer absolutely engages in their audience and has interaction yeah. with their audience interaction with the chat and they make it fluid yeah. and easy and it works yeah. and i but that's I that's normal for them see how yeah. that exactly it's, and it's it'd be weird if they didn't years do of that. people training yeah yeah totally. yeah that's the point it'd be weird if they didn't yeah, and yeah. we and yes. we're this is a position where we're trying to explain to people that it's not it wouldn't be weird if you do people watch you It'd be odd not to. It, yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be weird if you didn't do that. Yeah. But I mean, but the other. But I mean, I mean, you know that. I mean, that's absolutely. Um, that's absolutely uh, valid. I mean, the the other point that I was trying to make is that, like, you would struggle to predict that. You yeah, would, of course. You would struggle yeah. to predict that of that, that success. Presumably, um, it ca it came out of it. it, it uh, presumably, the, the. I mean, I I don't really know. I'd have to look into this more. But presumably, this whole phenomena came. Developed organically. I mean, no one thought, like, yeah, this exactly. is what we're going to do. Exactly. Somebody started streaming their gameplay, yeah. and then other people and found there was an audience, and other people piled onto yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But it would have never, um, and and the only reason that would have been able to start is because of a low yeah. barrier to entry. Like, it was easy for that first person to yes. start yeah, streaming their game, their gameplay. If you were, if there were comp, if there were. Um, if there were logistical and financial and structural and administrative complexities in mm. that first person streaming their gameplay with a then then it would never start so if you if you if you're if you're running an orchestra and you're saying right what we need to do is you know some I, I don't know what the immediate parallel is but you know something as as seemingly <coughs> bizarre on paper as the idea of watching someone else play a game while they talk to you would seem written down yeah. on paper 10 years ago um you've got to try and say it might work yeah and also it's it, the the possibility that it might work is worth the effort the time the money and the difficulty yeah. and mm. you know it's it is quite a difficult barrier to uh to I cross i feel like if i yeah. tried to i feel like there's still a lot of people out there maybe i'm gonna say arbitrarily 40 plus 
if I I could go up to them and basically explain the concept of Twitch to them, like it doesn't exist. And I go, yeah. oh, imagine a world where this and this and this and this, and it's all Twitch, basically. They'll be like, oh, that's weird. That'll never happen. I'm like, it is currently happening currently for hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, And it turns over like probably billions mm. of dollars a year at this point, like if not tens of billions or something like yeah. that. But it also... I think the reason why, well, one of the reasons why Twitch is so successful is because it tapped into a thing of people, young people don't watch television. And what television is for a lot of people is something you put on in the background or mm. you did put yeah, on the yeah. background. And it's long form, uninterrupted content where it's aggregated for you. So you choose the channel you most like and you have it on in the background. Twitch now is that for a new generation of people who go, well, I like this streamer or I like these couple of streamers. They're always going to push out content for like four hours today, which I enjoy. That's going to be on my iPad while I'm doing something else. And I will unmute and mute or I'll, yeah, yeah. there's a call coming and I'll mute that. And it's now become television. Yeah. And even YouTube never got to that point because YouTube was complicated for a lot of people in the way that stuff is aggregated. Yeah, Twitch yeah. has aggregation of content down perfectly i mean youtube if you don't like it yeah. you don't follow that you don't watch that streamer i mean youtube you has almost taken the, the position of television now actually i mean it's like now it's the tv yeah, i mean relative yeah. to twitch is what i mean you know yes yeah mm. oh really because I, I for me i still find youtube just annoying the way it aggregates stuff it doesn't aggregate properly for me how i want content to be but then maybe oh I'm what like your recommendations <laughs> doesn't yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just—it's not. It's still. I can't. I could not put YouTube on, and put autoplay, and it would provide the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. I know it's because it's pulling from a much more diverse collection of media, maybe. But oh yeah, because Twitch is Twitch relatively. Fo- Although I've seen some quite, uh, you know, I've seen elements of of diversity in Twitch. I mean, Twitch is definitely not just for. Uh, gameplay anymore um you know there's a there's a community of yeah. people um uh doing like compose with me which is yeah. quite interesting so mm. this is again is something that that is generally not a spectator sport is intensely slow and boring and, and quite irri- can, can be quite irritating at times if people are like going round and round the same <laughs> little bit you know just tweaking a chord, mm. chord progression or something but there are some very successful channels on there where it's basically just a screencast and there's just some guy or girl sitting at a, a, a computer, like writing music. Yeah. And you can you can pop in, and then you can come pop in several hours later, and it might. And it's still the same. Yeah, it's same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it might progress a little bit, or you know. Yeah. But it's it's not like an edited. It's not like YouTube where you have you know quite often sort of quite slick productions and you know stuff is condensed. Yeah. This is just hours and hours, many of which are them on the phone or them you know having a chat to somebody or fiddling around with something you know or trying a little idea out. But you know, hundreds of thousands of people are watching in some cases. It's, it's organic. Uh, we, um, yeah. Like in the content. You, you, yeah. It's like watching live news. You never know who's going to jump in behind the newscaster and hold a sign yeah. up or push them over or something. Like there's that element of we don't know what might happen during this. Yeah. Well, so I wonder yeah. whether, uh, I mean, I, I, I'd say it, it's interesting from the point of view of the, of the person watching, but I wonder from the per- point of view of the person actually writing the music so they're not really they're not really engaging uh in a lot of cases with uh they're not presenting what they're doing they're actually doing their work and mm-hmm. 
but I think I wonder whether it sort of kind of keeps them focused, the idea that there are other people watching or that they could just yeah. say, what do you think about that? And then a flurry of comments might come yeah. up and, you know, and it breaks that um, that working from home, working remotely, mm-hmm. uh, lonely thing. I mean, composing is a very solitary uh, task and uh, and very easy to become distracted during. Quite daunting. Yeah, I mean, if you have, but if you if you're if you're de- if you're like a media composer, deadline orientated, uh, you know, um, uh, service type composition, rather than you know somebody who's developing their own artistic voice, if they've been asked to produce, you know, it's got to be five minutes long, got to be in this style, got to be by Wednesday, kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe just having a whole people, a whole load of people watching, like, gives you that focus of, you know, I can't just bugger about. I've got to actually get on with it because. Um, you know, someone, someone's there rather than just being sitting at home alone with no interaction. You, okay, yeah, maybe it would be daunting, but maybe it could be encouraging that mm-hmm. other people are, are watching it. And, I, but, and, and so I, th- I can sort of understand it from that point of view more than I, because I, it, it still seems surprising that someone would tune in. However, having watched some of them, it, it can be quite addictive. It's like, sure. oh, I wonder what they're going to do next. You know, oh, I think that, you know, and it's, you know. It's not knowing what it could be is what keeps you there. Yeah. Or it is for me. It's like it's. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You've no YouTube idea what's going to happen. I know what the purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can skip ahead, but you can't skip ahead in a live in a live screen. There's still something about liveness that's interesting, as you say. You don't know what's going to happen, uh-huh. and nor does the other person necessarily. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's sometimes why you know, like a live concert is is interesting. Mm. Uh, or a live broadcast of a live concert, even though I think we've probably talked about this before, but a lot of that is, you know, to some extent cheated now. There's a, this kind of yeah. as, as live, live or, live. Yeah, yeah, deferred deferred yeah. relay and things like that. Um, but, yeah, because c- what you really want is you want something to go wrong so you know it's live, <laughs> you know, just to some, to <laughs> yeah, some yeah. extent. You want Prove to... to me this is not dubbed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, a, a while ago, um, you, mean, you were saying about the University of Cambridge, they used to have the um, Radio 3 lunchtime concerts often would come from West Road um, mm. on, the, on the Cambridge site. And uh, you, could, uh, you could have it on in the car, be driving, dr- you know, drive up to the music faculty, get out of your car, go in and hear, hear the same thing, you know, as you walk through yeah. backstage, you could hear, hear it happening. You're yeah. like, okay, that's, lo- that's live, you know. I was hearing yeah. it in the radio the proof 20 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas, um, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff's not quite like that. And, uh, and, but if you, if you incorporated that, that two-way element, like the responding to the comments, the feedback, and, uh, and, and, and talking to the audience kind of, kind of element, um, it would kind of in, uh, articulate that liveness, you know, prove that mm-hmm. liveness, and, and then give that, that frisson of, of, of the unknown uh, yeah, I, I think is is something. I think I think the li- liveness has that has that element, the sort of uncertainty, which is quite interesting, um, and that you can achieve remotely. Um, the liveness also has the the in person uh, experience, which obviously is rather more difficult to achieve, quite quite uh, quite so directly. But the, all these examples that we've been saying just just prove how how many. Uh, opportunities there are and, there ha- and that have been discovered to do massively geographically diverse um, real-time 100% digital experiences for the most unlikely things 
in, in interesting ways. And, uh, you know, if, if more of that percolates through into, into, into music and art, um, I think that will be a, I think that will be a coronavirus um, benefit. Mm. It's, yeah, it is a very, it is a very, very strange time Indeed. for a lot of these things. Um, and, and, you know, and very, 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 very strange solutions may, may emerge that could mm -hmm. be, that could be interesting. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, as we said. And uh, everybody will try to adapt to it in their own way. And some people will, will not. And, and that will be, you know, that will be a genuine loss. You know, we, I know quite a few people who are now moving out of the industry into other areas because i mean particularly you know freelance uh, technical people sure they really depend on that it's very difficult yeah live sound engineers uh, lighting stage techs mm. av uh, uh production managers stage managers um front of house house crew yeah it's it, it it's it's really you know all those things depend on 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 real live you know in person live events mm. um and it's and they have very interesting and useful skill sets that can transfer and that's fortunate but it's also unfortunate in that quite a lot of people are then transferring those skill sets into other areas um, yeah. and and won't be available they won't be in the pot they won't sure. be in the pool of what you know when we when we come back again yeah i mean a friend a friend of mine runs runs a, a large uh, uh, equipment hire company and they've spent a lot of time and effort and uh, and money trying to prevent their casuals and their their not their not their own staff not their you know just their pool of people trying to prevent them from having to from being forced to go into, to, to yeah. go to go in somewhere else because they want them available yeah. when they come back well they need that you know. pool right when, yeah exactly you know what i mean it's like because yeah. eventually you know their their thought is you know if we can help these people ride through it we're going to need camera ops, lighting ops, sound up. You know, we're going to need all these people again. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, a lot of hire companies don't hold you know huge um, you know um, inventories of, of staff. They they have massive lists sure. of, of of freelancers. And if all those freelancers say, "Oh no, sorry, I now work for you know somebody else," or I you know uh, I now work as a I, I, I can't. I don't want to give it. I don't want to give. <laughs> I don't want to give a, a sector or an employer. Yeah, right. But you know, they work for something unrelated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're not. I'm not available to do your, to do your festival, your gig, or your concert, or you know. That's yeah. But then maybe there'll be engineers who are in massive demand, who have ever, who will be able to take any job they want to. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that was the interesting thing. But I mean, go back to that. Uh, opera thing one 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 thing that was interesting is they were able to like anybody they asked or you asked or what or anybody who was asked was free was available so right. they could they just absolutely handpicked like, okay we like you and you yeah so it was it, it was really interesting because it was like the ultimate a team it was it was a, such an interesting project to be involved in this might be from that point. You can you, you can choose not to re reply to this, Dan. Absolutely, and I don't understand. But did you were you pitched lower prices? Were you haggled over your price at all? W w did you feel there were monetary issues from either end, or or at um, any point during the process? On that on that project specifically, um, 
Well, I, I, maybe, maybe, just, or just in general. To, in general, maybe. Yeah. This, this, um, this past year. Not. Um, no. Not. Not really. I mean, I think. I think that the the there was um, there was kind of an expectation that that you would take the work, which which I think is okay. Yeah. W- was 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 justified in in the case. Mm. You know, it's not like kind of. Oh well, I'm thinking about it. I'm wait. I've got a couple of other things on the on the go. Or I'm really busy that week. Yeah. You know, Let that me see if I'm free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was sort of expectation that this was the offer, mm. and um, take it or leave it. And you would take it. Yeah. 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 Um, but that was that wasn't necessarily associated with an enormous uh, reduction in what would normally be the 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 going rate for that. And and quite yeah. a lot of the. Um, I mean, my positions in yeah. these things are a bit is, is a bit strange, but quite a lot of the the sort of uh, more routine roles um, are fairly well have fairly well established pay oh. um, uh, yeah. positions. So you know, if you're hiring a stage tech or something, you know, that you know, broadly speaking, what you're going to pay. Mm. So so there was no attempt to kind of squeeze, mm. but but in organisations, um, so that's uh, by which I'm talking about employees. Um, there has, there, I, I know, I know of some cases where there has been a squeeze um, in addition to uh, the furlough type uh, arrangement. Right. So, so situations like um, uh, we are all going to need to take ten or twenty percent pay cut, uh, or the organisation is going to fail. Right. Um, this will be reviewed in X amount of time. Right. Um, and I mean. <laughs> You can argue it. Obviously, you can argue it both ways. Um, I feel that's probably reasonable because uh, if you you have quite a f- quite a lot of um, there are quite a few benefits to being an employee that being a, a freelancer um, you you don't have. Um, so being able to maintain your your employment um, and the benefits that 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 attracts for 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 slightly uh, for, for slightly lower. Um, monthly salary is is possibly an advantage. Um, the, the the sort of counter to that would be probably something along the lines of well, um, at this moment it would be very difficult for somebody to jump ship. So like in the normal right. times, if you were working in an organisation and they said you well, you need to take a twenty percent pay cut and you were good, you might think I'll just go well, to, I'll go work right. for someone else. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Yeah. laughs> but but when no one's hiring and everyone's firing, there is there there. You yeah. could argue that there's a sort of coercive element there. Um, right. Some businesses might have done it even if they didn't have to, because who's going to stop them? Sure, <laughs> and I think the same thing probably applies to furloughing as well. This idea that you know yeah. the government will top you up as long as you don't work. Well, you know, we talked earlier about there being some you know sort of sort of fat in the business, some dead wood. Well, you could you could furlough all your dead wood. Um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> taxpayer picks up the bill. Mm. You don't look like an ass for firing everyone. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, know, don't, but th- I don't. These know. are all I mean, realistic I, factors, well, exactly. Th- but I mean, it's it's a bit unfair to really, you know, pass judgment on that because of I, course, you know, I don't have course. I don't have employees, so I don't know how I would feel about about that. But I mean, I I imagine that if I did have employees, I would probably be quite keen to to want to retain them. I presumably I would have only employed them on the basis that I mm. felt they were essential to what I was doing and therefore I would want to retain them. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the reason why I asked because I, I, I was just curious to see whether the, the people, people who really value what you do or the talents that you have don't immediately then go, well, 
I'm sure Dan would take less money because he wants the job. It's still a, it's, we're still in an industry where people who are good at their job are employed because you are, you are not wanted because you are the right price point or you fit the budget. Yeah. You are the right person yeah. for the job. And I, because I've had yeah. the same conversation with lots of people and I've had lots of mixed replies. And I'm not, I'm, I didn't expect you to have a reply that was the same as someone else's, but your reply has been the most common. Right. And I'm, mm. I, it's positive to hear that, that is in this industry. Like, there's a couple of friends of mine who are session musicians and work has been difficult, but when they are employed, they are employed because they are the person you want to drum on your record. Yeah. yeah. That is their day rate. They are paid their day rate because they come in, the yeah. record is done in two or three takes. And it, and that's why they're employed, not because they're the cheapest. Yeah. Or this I mean, price point. I think um, the, the music industry always, uh, or certainly the, the, the part that I'm involved in, there's always a strong budgetary pressure. Like I don't, I can't really think of any project where where it's been like, um, oh, we've got we've got plenty of budget to to do this. You know, <laughs> the money's not really an issue. And there's <laughs> yeah. always it's it's been oh, we've got this amount, which is not you know it, it's yeah. the 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 ambition and the and the budget are always like absolutely <laughs> like level pegging. If not one is ahead, you know, if not the mm. ambition being somewhat ahead of ahead of the budget. <laughs> so there's 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 often uh, debate about uh, the, uh, both between somebody like myself and somebody thinking to hire me, but also like internally about like, okay, so how do I feel about this project versus what the offer mm. is for the project? So that, that was, that was always enormous. So I don't think that has, I don't think that has changed. Mm. Perhaps it's the case now that you might be more open to lower lower offers or to work on projects which are which are less immediately in your financial interest because you haven't got something else to do you mm-hmm. know so i've done a few things uh purely voluntarily in fact you know i just de- i decided that actually the the um the sensible thing to do here is to say i'll help you with that rather than yes. you know uh, rather than taking a uh, rather than setting a precedent of a of a of a sort of lower lower salary something yep. like um but that's been a decision that I've made. No one's actually asked me. Yeah, right. Uh, Great. So, so there hasn't been a kind of like, oh, would you do this? It's the pandemic kind of thing. <laughs> mm. um, I, there, there have been a few things where I've said, you know, do you need to, do you need me to help you out with that element? I'll ha- I'm happy to take care of that for you, kind kind of thing, because mm. because I want the overall thing to succeed. Sure. If, if that makes sense. So, uh, and I think. Yeah, and the the example with session players again is is I think it's it's quite similar and it's it's quite relevant in that yeah they have fairly well established rates. What's gonna uh, what's gonna be different now is um, who gets picked. You know that's precisely that, right. that's the thing. You know, so if somebody if somebody would have picked you before, they'll probably still pick you. If you would be uh, um, and you're not you're at, you're just less likely to get the second or third choice type of jobs. Because the first choice is always available. Yeah, that's the, yeah. you know, that's the thing. No one's going to come to me because you know because they couldn't get X because the person they are the first person they ask will always uh, will always sure. be saying yes at the moment. So yeah, no, it's, uh, that, that, that's really great to hear that because I it's always a touchy subject to mm. talk about money, but I think it's something that's really important to cover. Yeah, especially because because Chris and I talk about it a lot, and 
I think because people feel there's a taboo about talking about money at this yeah, time. Yeah, we, we talk about actually, money all the time. We, normalize we just it. sit there talking about money. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, mem- I remember. Just, just counting yeah, yeah. it. And, yeah, that's right. <laughs> piling but, but piling I remember, up to sleep on. That <laughs> <laughs> Just counting if we go to sleep. Oh, it's all, all still yeah. there. It's really uh, uncomfortable because it's all coppers. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Only paid in change. Uh. Uh, I remember talking about the start of April and, and I was just having a conversation with Chris and it was like, and I remember saying to Chris, like, I don't know what's going to happen with my business. Yeah. And then Chris then, we talked again a month later and I remember saying to Chris, oh, it's, it's the busiest quarter I've ever had. Yeah. Like in in my in my years of my in my career, looking back at my financials, it was the busiest quarter I've ever had. So, but I couldn't have predicted that. But if I'd based all my decision making on my finances out of fear or or not knowing, I would have stopped a business. Well, you don't. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's true. Yeah. But I, I part yeah. of my brain was like, well, that'll be fun. <laughs> it was yeah. great while it lasted. Or the, there's a, there's a uh, it's disappearing out of my head now. Um, there, there's there's another element there which I let me let me rewind that you uh, you were saying that you yeah, oh the busiest the busiest quarter you had uh, oh no there's some, there was something really uh, there was something really insightful there. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just escaped me um, it's that wine you know so. yeah that's exactly, I should probably, probably every probably so often drink, Dan drink like, some more of it I mean, <laughs> Dan, po- Dan dips out of frame yeah. and then he comes back again he's getting redder and redder in the cheeks <laughs> oh, okay while, while I try and think about that I'll tell you a story so everything's weirder with, uh, with children so yesterday I was on the loo it's fairly, fairly, okay. fairly mundane. It's a great way to start an anecdote. Yeah. It's a fair, fairly, fairly routine uh, operation happens most days. But, but the door suddenly flung open and a two-year-old came in. Oh. Then he gave me two bottles of beer. And then he said, <laughs> can I have quince gin? <laughs> and I thought, oh this, is, this is unusual. <laughs> this is not normal. Oh, the mental why does image. he? Why does he? The why does he think image. I need beer right now? Why does? Why does he want to drink quince gin? My brain. How does he know what quince gin is? You know, that's, I was going to say he just wants to hear just talking about different gins. Yeah. Well, he said. He said the same chap said to to his mum, uh, "Can you put some alcohol in my glass?" And he had his little glass. It's like a little plastic beaker with uh, snowflakes that like float round the edge, and. Mum said, "Oh no, I'm afraid. Afraid you can't have any alcohol." And I said, "Oh, please, ha- please put some alcohol in my glass." And <laughs> Mum said, "And this, this wasn't true, but she said, we we don't have any alcohol in the house.'" He burst into tears. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no, no alcohol. How to bring up your children English? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Dan, is it possible that your son woke up in the middle of the night and heard overheard a conversation with you and your wife, and he was reenacting that, and actually that was you speaking to your Gee. wife having the same conversation oh, yeah. before, oh, and that was your no reaction? Alcohol. <laughs> There's no alcohol. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Well, by uh, you know, with 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 the strategic use of Anthony Burns fine wine. Other, oh, other wine yep. uh, emporia are available. Um, <laughs> our house yeah. is never shortened. For... 
of, of alcohol. Do your children ever burst into the loo asking you for yeah, alcohol? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you By now. ABFW. <laughs> Download the app from the, uh, you know, oh, Google Play God. Store or whatever. You know, uh, then, uh, oh. no, come on. What's that? What was that actual point that I was trying to make? Nothing to do with being offered alcohol. Um, money mastering money. businesses. Ah, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. So you, you in common with many other people like you, almost certainly didn't start doing what you do for money anyway. Yeah, right, right. So Good you point. were saying like, oh, if you were going to review, yeah, before that interlude, you were saying if you were reviewing back your financials, you know, you'd have, yeah. you might have made, um, you you could have made decisions out of fear based on looking at the finances mm. of your business. Um, I think the the most normal decision made out of fear, looking at the potential financials of a business in this sector, is to not do it. Mm. And the people who do it, point. Uh, I would say, tend to be people who would do it anyway, because yeah, it's, um, it's do or don't, really. Yeah, but but the yeah. idea that it's uh, you know the chance of you being financially successful is very remote. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I know that the um, uh, you know the, as an industry, the industry is uh, you know it's an enormous contributor to the. Uh, you know, in the UK particularly, the music industry is, is an enormous contributor uh, to to the economy. Uh, interestingly, many times that of fishing, uh, which we've been arguing about. <laughs> uh, if you know, if you're listening to this not yes. in the UK, you, you're probably not familiar with the mm. the ongoing uh, the Todd endless debates about yeah <laughs> how many cod we should be catching not mm. catching or uh, whether we should be deploying battleships in order to prevent other people catching i mean this is a uh, imagine you're not in the uk this is what's this is what's discussed on the radio and television anyway um yeah <laughs> there's another industry it's called the creative industry and it's you know four or five times or something the size, the size of mm. the uk fishing industry um there are thousands and thousands of people who are individually um successful and content and uh, you know doing something Absolutely. they like and and in in genres that you've never heard of in genres that i've never heard of i imagine there's more types of music that i've never listened to yeah Right. Uh, than than there are that I have, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's mm. probably more stuff that I don't know of than I do. It's it, it's such a vast area. That's one of the you know that's one of the things you you, you might come across in TikTok. You know, some kind of an unusual genre from another part of the world that you've never heard of. But it, it, it's a it's a massive it's a massive organization, and there are large numbers of people in it. But the idea that being in the music industry is uh, is something that people on the whole, do as a sort of, uh, you know, get-rich scheme or something. I think it's quite a fanciful one. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, if you... Yeah, it's just... The economics do not work. Even if you think... Like, you think about somebody who plays a violin. A violin can cost two, three hundred grand. The violin yeah. can cost three hundred grand. I mean, no one looks at that and thinks, OK, so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do this job where I have to spend, you know... Uh, 10 years maybe training i need to do undergraduate postgraduate i need to go to a conservatoire i need to get multiple diplomas i need to go into a training orchestra i have to battle on my i have to you know it's not like a job interview you actually have to get out your tools of your trade and be better than the person who's before and after you with on that on that instrument uh and then you get a union mandated minimum uh, rate of you know <laughs> X, Y, Z, you always, yeah. you have to live in or near London which because mm. 
uh, where are you going to get your you know where are you going to get your violin scraping job outside you know and yeah. so on and so on and and nobody looks at that on paper and goes yeah yeah this is this that's is a good the way to yeah this is, this is the way to do it i mean they think i, I want to play the violin yeah, yeah so, i mean like that's uh nope <laughs> like I, it, I, yeah. I could not do mastering yeah exactly like, i just couldn't not do it no exactly you just started doing because you liked doing it yeah yes yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then strategically built a built a sort of living around it and i think that that that's probably <laughs> the that's probably the most uh i i would be very surprised if that wasn't the most normal progression yeah, right. within the industry you you found something that you liked doing either you went to school for it or it was just a hobby or something and and eventually you were like yeah okay this is what i want to do so uh you get to meet interesting people and do podcasts and work on good music. Do, so. yeah. Or just do just do general, general, yeah, just generally weird, uh, generally weird things. Well, because we we worked on records together last year. Yeah, well, that was and extraordinarily like, conventional. I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some people played music. I, I recorded it, it, it and sent it to you. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, they want to do another record actually, but uh, again, they want to do it live and. They have to be able to play live. Look, here's an example of how the inability of a of a small band to play live is costing me and you work. Yeah. It's, it's not they don't want to do it. No, it's they're they desperate to find do it somewhere to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's not safe for them to do it. They can't get an audience. No one will put them on. But if they did, then it's then it's uh, whatever it's five, six, uh, six or seven members of the band got work. They've, they've got the lighting, the sound, the front of house, the ushers. They've got me. They've got you. They've got the pressing plant. You, you know that one little group of six, seven people playing in front of a group. Yeah. And and that that's and that's that's replicated all over the place. And this is why the industry is full of so many people because mm. everything everything feeds back into this. That one chain, gig. That one gig feeds a chain of yeah, exactly. The seven people on stage are uh, are the starting point for you know twenty thirty people. Mm. Just because I, I thought I I I don't know how how we're doing for time, but I was going to ask what what is the what is the one thing you did like this year or last year that you didn't think you'd be doing, Dan? Like work wise, did you do anything that you thought wow? This is this is new. This is uh this is a new problem that I had to yeah, fix. Yes, the OnlyFans, the OnlyFans thing, isn't it? <laughs> apart, apart from OnlyFans, um, you you oh wait, wait you didn't have to record anything that was on fire like you did. No, um, no, nothing time. was burning. Um, good, good start. No, I mean obviously there were, you know, it's I don't usually record things in moving vehicles, uh, which which did mm. did occur during the um, during the Labo M run. How did you deal with vehicle noise? Oh, yes. or, or did you not? Just noise. Noise. I mean, right. Well, um, everybody was on um, a, you know, a DPA forty sixty one on a, on a ear boom, mm. so it, it was pretty. I mean, the vehicle noise was pretty minimal uh, against the generators, the lights, right, the yeah. cameras, the hundred <laughs> cars in the car. You know, <laughs> that yeah, the fact that they were in a car was the least of their concern. And actually, mm. the, and 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 actually, the, because of the staging, the car was in it. You right. know, the car was in the opera. They were driving on stage. They were sounding the horn. They were jumping. You know, so it, it, so right, it right. wasn't. You know, so it, just, it made sense. Really concern. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. It, was kind it wasn't of weird that there was car noise. In it. it wasn't weird that there was yeah, car yeah. noise. Yeah, exactly. So imagine being a stage director for that. Yeah, just yeah. standing there waving cars on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they normal. had to have uh, you know uh, individual safety. Uh, so, some you know every every vehicle movement 
had to be monitored by people whose mm. whose job was only uh, only for that. Oh, we had the country's largest mirror ball as well. That was cool. Uh, I mean, Do it, explain. It's, well, for, as part as part of the same as part of the same yeah. gig, they got this absolutely ginormous mirror ball. Um, I guess it must have been maybe like eight or nine feet diameter. I mean, it was it was really very very big. Uh, it had its own enormous flight case with epic, epic padding inside it. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, it was just yeah, it was just part of part of one of the scenes. Had this mirrorball, and uh, you know the biggest one was available, so uh, they <laughs> That's added the one you had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, what was the strangest thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that that, that was the, that's the biggest one one off event um, that I, that I've done this year. But I mean, I think it was also pretty much the biggest one-off event that's happened this year so um mm. you know as you say like all the festivals were, were basically shut over the summer there was no festival activity yeah it's strange it's a good question but I, I i don't think i've done anything particularly unusual i mean i've done more things without audiences um mm. i've done more uh more things for for virtual festivals and overseas festivals where uk artists would have otherwise traveled but they did um you know contributory uh work here and then that was sent over and i either assembled here and screened in 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 um Mm -hmm. other countries or sent over and assembled in other countries i mean i think what what, one of the things that i've uh, the the only thing i've done new this year which i don't think is pandemic related is i've done more um uh installation consultancy so okay people planning either uh, retrofits of um, video audio systems to existing venues, uh, or in this one particular case I've been working on recently, uh, a new venue being constructed in Scotland. Um, so it's a like, total blank canvas. Mm. Um, and, and, that, and that's been quite that's been quite interesting. In fact, again, this was something that, that Chris and I spoke briefly about the other day. I, I'd just come off a... Um, I'd just come off a really long um, video conference about that. In my area, I think of a big complicated project as being like a live broadcast of a symphony or an opera or something like that, you know, with many moving parts and it's big and it's got, you know, I just come off the phone with this guy who's talking to me about like which microphones they should use for piano. And then he then goes into a meeting about moving a tram line to come closer to their development. And, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like the the, the scale. And then, the, then his next meeting will be the stools in the bar can have this leather or this leather or leather. Like the the macro and the micro that mm. that this guy um, has to deal with is just so crazy. Just moves from that's great though that a build that someone's investing in building a live venue now. Yeah, which is um that's that's well. I mean, obviously, it's been pa- uh, the the planning and ele- element. Everything yeah. was all pre pre pandemic, and it, it wasn't cancelled. Or it wasn't no the pro- canned, the yeah. uh, the program is uh, slowed. Uh, through through the pandemic, so they should be further they should be further on. Um, so it's probably not going to open till sort of twenty twenty two something like that. Um, but uh, and and I haven't actually been to site. So, but my understanding is that um, you know the 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 building structure is up. Um, in the next couple of weeks, some of the core services are going in um, in the um, the, the ceiling uh, steel work and so mm-hmm. on for the lighting and sound. Um, uh, rigging is is you know the, the initial fixes to the concrete is going in um, and then there'll probably be quite a long period of time where all the other stuff that happens on a building site happens um, before it's time to actually go in and you know 
put in loudspeakers um put in like yeah but yeah yeah it is great that a development is happening and that they're taking care over the music venue because again it's not uh, it's not just i mean it's not just the development of a venue it's a de it's a large development i think it's about 12 12 building it's it's two or three like city blocks in in edinburgh that's wow. being done over and this first building has a has a has a venue yeah i mean they're taking care over over it thinking about the um the the community that will be using it so there's not it's not just the 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 music venue but they're doing a lot of art uh you know um public spaces art in public spaces and commissioning uh local artisans to produce things for the building and for near the building they're buying a piano uh to, to have in the venue uh fantastic not just you know we'll find an old piano stick it in the corner of the pub type thing you know mm. they're going to get a steinway and yeah. brilliant so so that so the investment in 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 the sort of cultural element is is good and i guess mm. I, I assume that on the scale of of what they're doing uh it's kind of uh, almost insignificant spend but on but on a arts and music scale it's quite yeah, right. it's quite a big deal and you know it will yeah. it will and it will provide another uh you know new high quality venue um uh, right in um mm. right near edinburgh for um uh, for, for you know for, to, to boost what is already a pretty vibrant cultural scene in Edinburgh which has been hit yeah. pretty hard uh, with the festival mm. and everything this year so hopefully that will be um, something that that in the future emerges as a um, as something that was a good decision and and it, and it's as you say it is nice to see people uh, sticking with it because the development would have would have continued but it would have been easy to just pair off you know well we'll just make it into a bar We'll put a TV screen yeah. screen up and show the football kind of thing. We'll dumb down the initial idea, yeah, yeah. To, as Absolutely. a cost saving. So, uh, it, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty gratifying to see that um, to see that carry carry on. But again, so that that's been something that's been com made more complicated in some in sen some senses by not being able to meet people. But it's also it's also a great enabler that everybody is so easily accessible. Um, at their own desks because you're in these meetings and there's like well there's people here mm. people there you know where people physically are doesn't really matter they meet together mm. online thrash out these these issues and yeah and yeah. Uh, we were talking about like the ongoing the you know the, the sort of percolating uh, chain of, of 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 work so yeah this venue gets built a commission goes out to somebody to to do the fit out for the for the audio, video, and, and and venue infrastructure, so then the consultants come in, and then the manufacturers get work, and the, because equipment gets bought, and and people have to go to site to fit it, and then it's commissioned, and then when it exists, then there's a place for for performers to play and recordings to be made, and and uh, you know it, it it all it all spirals out from there. Now, when you look at that, you know that would that's just a tiny little blip in this big city development plan but for in the arts industry that's it will make a big impact because of that that sort mm -hmm. of it's kind of like an inverted pyramid isn't it you know as you go down more and more and more people uh take some benefit from it and i think sometimes you know that's good i've just yeah that was what i was thinking oh there was another there's another example like that a few years ago the um uh guildhall um school in uh, the school of music and drama next to the barbican in london they had like a sort of tower built on top of the you know it's like a, a big structure um and the developers uh had to build new facilities for the guild hall as part of the agreement to have this mm. residential tower and it's like 
on the scale of the stuff that they're dealing with, it's nothing. <clears throat> they're like, could you build a, a world-class concert hall, theater, fully equip it, recording facilities, you know, rehearsal rooms, stuff it full of pianos and uh, projectors and, you know, all these stuff that, you know, venues are desperate to get a hold of. And for them, it was just kind of a box to tick uh, to get planning application because yep. they're, yeah. they're going to make hundreds of millions of pounds yeah. off the um off the residential addition <laughs> yeah. yeah so if they have to stick you know if they have to stick mm. a sort of 50 100 200 million pound uh arts facility on the bottom well that's fine because that's just nothing it's just a blip what on gets the it through planning yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly so uh you know long may long may development uh, uh, arrangements like that continue yeah. <laughs> But council planning laws have helped the arts industry. Yeah, definitely. well, that would be an unusual. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's an unusual twist on it. But I guess mm. uh, yeah, you could probably you could in certain cases you could probably make that mm. you could probably make that argument. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously this is an argument that's made a lot in new developments. You know, you've got to do something for the community, um, and uh, in situations where it becomes more more than a box ticking exercise, you know, where developers actually put effort into trying to make it good then that is good. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that I hope after this pandemic, because obviously the arts still going to be hit for a long period of time, right right from schooling up. There's always talk at the moment about how kids are going to have to make up hours and oh, things. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the, the first thing that will be cut in junior schools yeah. and infant schools yeah. will be arts. Yeah, because people music, go, well, yeah. we do English and maths, we lost that. Yeah, there'll be a lot of remedial, um, yeah, as you say, English and maths, won't there? But uh, so all the community services will have to do all the heavy lifting with children that want to learn mm -hmm. an instrument. Will have to have somewhere else to do it that's not in mm. school anymore. Yeah, but you need the buildings and the teachers mm. and the, the the instruments and all that stuff to ha to make that happen, and that doesn't come out of nowhere. No, and that and that, and again, it, it's this it's this kind of. Uh, thin end of the wedge thing because if that if mm. if we have a problem in the schooling then that's going to uh, reduce the number of uh, people going up the chain so you know the applicants to university places and mm. uh, conservatoires uh, people uh, uh, joining orchestras and choirs and you know you know people uh, parts of the industry that have that kind of procession like that sort of route uh, you know will be affected i don't think it will affect people who um who form bands or who work as artists uh mm. kind of in their own right but where you where you want to join a where you want to join an industry which has stepping stones to get to it i think it sure. will it will uh, and it's yeah. almost certainly going to disproportionately affect uh less well-off people um who you know it's it's, yeah. it's always better it's, it's always a struggle to try and get um uh, a broad cross-section of of individuals interested in being a, 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 a for example an orchestral musician or, or playing in an opera pit or something uh, and it tends to be people who have had a rather privileged uh, start and then, mm. and, it, and i think this is yeah this is going to be only negative from that point of view so it will be interesting to see what yeah. what initiatives if anything come in to help that absolutely and at the other end i mean i was speaking to somebody the other day uh, who's who has a son who's a university uh no he's at um like a further education college at the moment like a uh, sixth form a levels age and they're really um like they're really unsure about what to do about university you know because the cost is still high 
the experience is completely different. <laughs> you know, it's, you, you, uh, you know, as you know, the university is not just about what you learn, but it's got to also it's got to be about what you learn at the moment because of how expensive it is, and uh, mm. they've had a really su- you know subpar uh, higher education experience. So their their desire to move on to further education in the current climate, you know, and and these things will have these will all have knock on effects. Um, and this, you know, this guy is, you know, he's one guy, but I, I the the situation that that uh, that he finds himself in is is indicative of thousands mm-hmm. of people. You're absolutely right. There are, across the nation, there are 17, 18 year olds who are going, "What's the point? What, yeah, what should I do? Like, what can I do? Yeah, do I wait a year?" <laughs> yeah but like let, let's say everybody waits a year <laughs> what the, what's going to yeah. be what's going to be waiting for them after a year if like mm. if, if the universities have like a, a you know let's say a 50 60 percent drop in applicants what will they do yeah the, uh, it's just crazy i don't know i mean we yeah we, we should try and be positive because <laughs> we could easily sit here for hours We're complaining can... about stuff and i think we have tried to be quite positive and looked at like some mm. good good you know, positive stories and yeah. stuff, but, um, but yeah, it, it is a real, it is a real concern. I think, as a, what is the positive on that? Um, you know, there will be adaptation. There will be a new normal. There will people be will dispen- find a yeah, way. people will find a way. Yeah, it really puts the onus on individuals to, yeah, to find their way. And you said the, the the individuals who really want to do this. Will will always still carve their own path if it has yeah. to be a parallel path or underneath it or round it or over yeah. it. People will always find a way of getting to what they want to do. It might just thin the herd of people who are eighty percent into what they're doing rather than ninety. Yeah, or I'm just concerned yeah. it will also thin out people who just are not financially able to take that first step. Sure. Absolutely. That's the, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the... it, it, it. Will be a, all the barriers which have taken decades to sort of lower. Or yeah. get rid of yeah, and even those making, places it's it's, it's, it wasn't great before the pandemic so no. that's a re- that's a really good excellent point Dan. and i think that is something that we'll, the, the government will need to take a long hard look at as you said it's because it's yeah. right now it's happening yeah i mean obviously time, after they finished looking after the fish because <laughs> but <laughs> so don't forget about don't those fish. Fe- don't forget about the fish once that's sorted then then they'll, i mean they'll take a long the well-being look. of our next generation that can wait yeah yeah <laughs> But we've got we've got to get. Oh. Got, I mean, we do. Every, you know, we do love our fish and chips. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> madness. Anyway, yeah. well, yeah. this has been rather lovely. I don't know how long we've been going on. Oh, two and a half hours. Yeah, that will do. Is this? <laughs> it was never going to be a short one. Well, I think there's probably some stuff that can be removed. It's uh, uh yeah, or or maybe a multi-parter. Have you got a lot yeah. more stuff lined up? No, no, just we, we just kind of <laughs> no, honestly. Theoretically, down, we do. Yeah, but. there there is a specific reason why you're the first. Is it, is it just a platform for me season. to rant weirdly? <laughs> no, it's because we have very interesting, deep discussions, and no one knows where we might go with it, and that's the entire yeah, purpose yeah. of this. Because basically, Chris said our podcasts are going to be called "In Conversation with," okay, and then the name of the person we're talking to, because that's what we want. Yeah. 
So we, we, we did try and trip you up and make you say things and we can edit. We, we, we yeah, can edit make sure you get into, it. So, uh, yeah, the most liable conflict. Dan hates all further education. Yeah, exactly. But, okay. <laughs> That's exactly what I said and how I said it in the context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I was trying to get him to say it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, not... You, yeah, you've got you. You have to catch me out in a more in a more um, yeah. Yeah, in mm. a more, more yeah. devious manner. Is that like when Dan success successfully quotes um, <laughs> defended the education system in the recording things that are on fire episode? Oh well, I mean, I uh, I did <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I attempted to provide some some balance against a couple of previous episodes that I'd. <laughs> That I'd heard, but then uh, you know, declaring an interest, I was uh, well. I wasn't. I wasn't at the time, but I, I mean, I was. Uh, you know, I had, as you know, spent quite a lot of time regularly teaching in further education. So it was. It was Chris's face when you you turned to your right and you picked up on oh, my notepad of paper, yeah. and Chris went, "He's got notes." <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because when you re when you read a book or when you listen to a podcast or something, so quite often there are things that you think, "Oh, I need to. I want to think about mm. that." Sure. A bit more, or I want to, you know, want to come back to that, or so I, I often just take a little, just take a little note about about something. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, increasingly that's all all digital now. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes the notebook is sometimes the notebook is good. But I I often mm -hmm. listen to you guys and other things like that in the car. Well, I mean, I did in the days that I was regularly driving long distances, but um, <laughs> then. Um, it was so it was, it was quite difficult to take notes uh, while yeah, you know, sure. on the uh, on the M3 or the M11 or M25. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, there you go. No, I I, I I I do I do strongly believe in in the education system at, at all levels, but I also am very very realistic about it, which is why I was uh, sure <clears throat> yeah. invited to not conduct open days um, <laughs> at uh, at an institution we're all familiar with. Uh, because I would answer the question. I don't know what you mean, Daniel. I would answer the question that I was asked, and that wasn't that wasn't really the that wasn't really the aim. The aim was to no. to say what the line was. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd be an excellent politician. Um, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'd love to see Dan deliver one of these coronavirus press conferences. Oh, that'd be brilliant. That would be amazing. What do you mean, the sort of the next slide, please? Things. No, uh, you in Matt Hancock's. Oh, like, me, me and me and old Matt Hancock. Hey, do yeah. uh, to to social media. Are you all on Matt Hancock? Do you know there is the Matt Matt Hancock is a social media platform. I'm not even joking. No. What? I'm what are you not talking about? Even joking. Furiously googling. I don't. Right now. I, I wonder whether I've got it. I, I don't think I have it installed on this phone. If that makes sense. Sorry. There's a social media platform called Matt Hancock. Yes. Go, is it about Matt Hancock? It's by Matt Hancock. By and it's, by that 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 same guy. The guy that you're thinking of. I'm just going to the Play Store now. Okay, everybody can play oh along. Oh my at goodness. Home. Official app for Matt Hancock. Yeah, and, t and t read what it says about it. There it is. Matt Hancock. What does it say? Oh, it's like personal updates from him. It's like having an app that is his Facebook feed. Yeah. But it's, it's so it, so you can chat on it, you can post images, you can it is oh it is God. like a full social media. It's, it says here, follow news and updates directly from Matt Hancock, share your views and connect with other members of the community, watch exclusive video video updates. And look, there's a picture of Matt. Matt can Hancock's. I see that? That's Matt What's Hancock the... looking at a 
a bear a bear in a box or something. Access a library for articles and speeches. Where, where's the? Message? It's just blue with Matt Hancock in it. But oh yeah, where's the app on the thing? Yeah, uh, hold on, I'll show it to Chris. Yeah, there we are. Look, where's it gone? Matt. Oh, it just says Matt Hancock. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit boring. So it's like um, it, it used to say like oh Facebook me or whatever. It's like just Matt Hancock me. Uh, <laughs> Matt Hancock me. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds so weird. <laughs> Have you? You dropped me a message. I saw it on my Matt Hancock feed. You know that. <laughs> always, always people have PR consultants. What are they doing? <laughs> they're, design, they're designing. Apps. What are they doing? <laughs> Has no one come in and gone? Can oh I just? God. Can I just sort of put my hand? I up just here like and to say, say this, this might like, not work. Yeah. Matt Hancock. This, this may be inviting every food. troll. Like, oh, do you know, this might be inviting God. every troll on earth to berate him. Like, and like, I'm sure I'm, that it's heavily moderated. I'm gonna get I, this out. It, I, it's, it's. Um, I mean, it's a 2.7 uh, rate review. Um, they're quite. I mean, one star reviews are the dominant mm. review, but you know, there's quite a few five I'm, stars I'm, as well. I'm gonna spend the rest of the day on. Matt Hancock. See what you're. Oh see if you, how many. Sound fo- there, how ma- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all get on Matt Hancock. I look at like sound podcast sponsored by Matt Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> Download the Matt Hancock app. Link in the description. The uh, affiliate link in the description. Perhaps perhaps we could get. Um, maybe Matt Hancock has an affiliate program where we can you know earn one cent every thousand subscribers to Matt Hancock. <laughs> so if you're a Tory MP and you're trying to be of the people. Yeah, you make your own. Matt your Hancock. first post, your first post shouldn't be about spending an absolute thrilling day watching the Gold Cup win at Royal Ascot for new market <laughs> trainer Josh Godson's. <laughs> like, oh, I, but, I mean, I mean, but he, he, he <laughs> new market is in his, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, his gaff, I, I isn't know, it? So yeah. he, should, so he, yeah. he's probably, um, you know, it's it's very important for the, yeah, exactly, it's very mm. important for the. Uh, oh my god, that is going to be new market uh, constituents that he. Oh, uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go new market. Well, rough place, rough. Well, like, yeah, where are you? But yeah, well, um, no, cut that. Don't say where you are. You're you're, so, you're somewhere <laughs> somewhere out in that direction. <laughs> Vaguely speaking. In the, speaking, in the in the yes. in the new market direction, but East, East Cambridge East, all the way. East Cambridge, that's what. You, yeah, I go with South Cambridge, but yeah. So it's uh, oh, well. yeah. When people, yeah, rather than trying to explain exactly where you are. But... Sorry, is this yeah. a turf war? Uh, a Cambridge turf war? That's well, oh, I, no, I, have, I have family in in Little Wilbraham, so oh, okay, they are that way. Mm. Um, Newmarket's actually in Suffolk, though, not in Cambridgeshire. Ooh, yeah. that's fine. It's like a little. It, there's there's a, there's a weird. Um, Sort of nodule on the map. Yeah, sticks. It's out. where people say they're from Cambridge, and they go away from Newmarket. So like, not. no, that's not even that's not even the Sorry. right county. <laughs> yeah. This is the most middle class conversation. Yeah, yeah this is it? so I, dangerously middle class. It's gone. It's gone a bit off the rails now. It's it, it's all. Yeah, this won't make the this won't make the cut. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, so um, maybe you should uh, yeah follow follow uh, unlock your sound on Matt Hancock and. Um, Follow Unlock Your Sound on Matt Hancock. Chris, when when you're done mixing this, can you Matt Hancock it to me, please? Oh, Matt, oh, oh, it's only going out yeah. to Matt Hancock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know that the boys love love it, though, because we have a game at home called Matt Hancock's, which is... Um, there's, a, there's also, <laughs> what isn't is it? What is happening? 
Because <laughs> do you know a song? <laughs> this is why your child drinks, Dan. This is why your yeah. child drinks. <laughs> oh my god! He um. So you know, there's a sto- there's a song. It says um, like uh, three little monkeys jumping on the bed. One yeah, fell oh off and god. bumped his head. Mummy uh, mm. called, called the doctor, and the doctor said, "No more monkeys jumping on the bed." Now, for yeah. some reason, and I honestly can't understand—I I honestly don't know how it started—but but as soon as it did, there was no way it was going to ever finish. Uh, that became three Matt Hancock's jumping on the bed. <laughs> of course. So we then say Naturally. three Matt Hancock's jumping on the bed, and there's like a two-yard or four-yard like jumping like maniacs on the bed. One fell off and donked his head. Boris called the doctor, and the doctor uh. said, <laughs> "No more Matt Hancock's jumping on the bed." <laughs> And, and and they just oh cannot get enough of it. And so when he's on the telly, we're just like, Josh, is Matt Hancock on the telly? And he comes running from wherever he is to see oh the real God. Matt Hancock on the telly. And he's and at the moment, Matt Hancock's on the telly all the time. So it's yeah, this is <laughs> this the is the worst time to take a sip of drink. I was yeah, exactly. this is a, this is very high quality content <laughs> right here. I mean, uh, can I just read out the things we don't? This is on the description. Things we don't like. Intolerance, aggression, cyberbullying, indecent, insensitive, offensive content, spam. Oh. It's like, yeah, that's pretty probably all. That's probably but, the only things people are going to say to you, Matt. Yeah, but then the, you just told people not to do so it. This podcast is very wholesome. It's it's contained it almost no profanity, blasphemy, mentions of Matt Hancock. Yeah, a small amount of alcoholism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alco- alcohol is mentioned. Yeah, it's got to be like but, but, uh, parental guidance twelve or something. Yeah, only two yeah. two year olds with quince gin must be consumed with a parent if you're under twelve. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, we tell uh, we, we we tell um, Josh all the time. Um, he says, "Can I can I have some of your wine?" And we say, "No, you've got to be five. Um, the problem <laughs> is when he gets to five, he's going to be like so." glass of wine now and my understanding is it's like illegal for a child to consume alcohol in under any circumstances uh under the age of five which does that, feel quite low what that, i didn't know that, that was a thing quite low. i think like, that's illegal i five. think I, I think it's five it's illegal full stop you if you give a if you if you give an under five year old a sip of your beer or something that is a, a, a an abusive crime uh then between then and then I think it's around 14 or 16, there's some that the, the, mm. there becomes a gray area of certain drinks with certain meals in certain contexts. And then obviously 18, yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, it's like it's in a pub no, no with bar. parents. Yeah, exactly. You, you, a company yeah. with a meal with your parents in a licensed premises or something. Yeah, you can't yeah. order it, but you could, uh, you could drink, um, you know, mm. uh, low strength cider and. Um, lager or something yeah there's, there's some sort of gray area before 18 and then there's 18 it's like everything's you know yeah and like a generation ago almost everyone put dummies in whiskey for teething babies yeah exactly like, exactly <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine who's um irish is like well this, this is how you, this is how you get your child to sleep i was like i don't think that's I think that's current that's medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> there's this there's this museum in a York. of Jameson's. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a museum in York. Um, I can't think what it's called. It's called the. I think it might it might be called something like the York Museum or the York York Life Museum. Mm. Anyway, it's a really really good museum. Um, but there there's this huge uh, section in it about um, child 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 rearing through mm. the ages, and they have all these. It, 
exceptionally alarming uh, medical devices. That, uh, so one thing I learned quite early um, uh, on during the very, very protracted stay in hospital that, that accompanied uh, the birth of our first child was not to go for a little walk down the corridor and find the very, very interesting cabinet full of uh, um, antiquated <laughs> obstetrics apparatus and go, oh, look, dear, sometimes they use this to get a baby out. <laughs> yeah, that, uh -uh, try not to avoid... Get yeah, out. Do, yeah, try not to do that. But um, now in the York Museum, you know, there's got this whole section and, and there's, there's all these... Um, incredible devices and it's like this uh, this device was used to feed heroin to children to help them to sleep and think and it's like this is like a genuine uh, thing that was used in like Victorian era. Yeah. and th this was called this this got the nickname the you know the the cup Baby's of death back. or something like this yep. because um, <laughs> it was impossible to clean the the uh, the the crooked neck and this caused uh, children to die who use it but yeah i mean they the, in the, they they had these things and it was basically you know if you want if you want the child to sleep you give them heroin if you want them to wake up you give them cocaine and you know and it's like this was all this was all this was all like medical practice oh my god i never did at the office yeah. in your yeah. 18th century pharmacy and now and now we tr yeah exactly and now we tr we you know read with great care, all the, all the, you know, when you open a thing of Calpol, it's got this tiny little uh, yeah. thing that opens up into a massive list of, yep. you know, this could, this could cause mild sweating or something. Like, oh no, we've got to keep an eye out for mild sweating. Or so it's like in, in you know, yeah. a couple of generations ago, it's like just shoot them up with some, uh, you know, cocaine. Yeah, just there you go. You're measuring out up. inch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we've got to, yeah, it's got to be five mil, not four mil or six <laughs> mil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just shoot them up. Oh yeah. yeah. If they struggle getting up, just give them a bump. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That. Uh, it, yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, oh. It's not current recommended practice. I no. think so. No. But there you go. I have no idea how we got onto this, but it was quite interesting. Yeah. J Johnson and Johnson, do not endorse <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> this is precisely what we have down on the podcast, so yeah. we never know where it's going to go. We never know. Well, the thing is that ch children, like a, I mean, it's not like they're not a major part of your life normally, but uh, if you're at home, if both of you are at home, if all of you are at home the whole time, mm. uh, they're just involved in everything. Like how yeah, many yeah. meetings I've had, which has a child sitting on my lap and like trying to press the, the uh, try, you know, trying to press keys on my keyboard. And I was going to say, have you had any meetings that have been interrupted by uh, the door silly opening? And yeah, yeah, yeah. They come in, you know, and they come in like you know, uh, with their trousers around their ankles. I've just done a massive poo, and you know, like, oh, <laughs> lovely, thank you, Daddy. Oh. Come and see my poo. I was like, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I just, I'm, Daddy's just talking to his work friends. Hold on a moment. <laughs> And all, uh, who's that man? <laughs> who's that? There's that. Who's that funny man? <laughs> and they like look at this. There's that funny man. It's like yeah. Oh. Or which is particularly embarrassing if they're a woman. So it's. You know, <laughs> but we. Oh my god! Biolo biological, um, biological sex is a social construct. Oh yes. my god! Got to stay woke. Cancelled. Yeah, we're going to be <laughs> Then we might get kicked off Matt Hancock for something like that. <laughs> yeah, oh. we, we don't want to. We don't want to be. Yeah, we don't want to be banned from Matt Hancock. I wonder whether mm. Trump's on Matt Hancock. He should get on Matt Hancock. He's banned from everything else. I'm surprised. Is it, I'm surprised he hasn't got his own app. Well, oh, that'll be the next thing. Trump. That will be the next thing. Trump. Trump. Trump app. Trump app. Yeah. Com. yeah. 
It's the, it's the greatest app. It's, it's the greatest app ever. So people are so people are so many people are talking about it. So many people are saying <laughs> it's the yeah. best app. Just the best. It's such a fantastic app. This app has jobs. There's so many jobs inside the app. Yeah. He would jobs. say it's like he has six stars. iTunes has a five star rating system. No, no, no. Six, has six stars. Six, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are fake stars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fake stars. No, that, that's fake no. news. It's not one <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Six <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're probably uh, going to get that. That will probably be a thing. Yeah, yeah. The, tr- the Trump yeah. app. Trump app. Well, the 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 hearing indictment is currently the second one is currently underway. I, I is it? I caught a bit of some last night. Some news. Um, I didn't quite. Uh, I I just got it at the transition between the closing of the um, of the prosecution and the and the start of the defence. And I don't know whether the defense. So I saw about the first sort of twenty five minutes of the defence. I don't know if the guy ever reached a point, but he. He didn't make any points in the first twenty minutes that were related to the question. So I, yeah, Bruce Caster, he made a forty-eight minute address and appeared to didn't he didn't actually say any point. Right. What the yeah, I was going to say I watched the first 20, 25 minutes there. and he was talking about yeah. all kinds of interesting things. But they, you know, it's sort of a bit like this podcast. Really, now, we haven't actually mentioned mm. audio production almost at all uh, yeah. for nearly three hours when he spoke for you know many minutes but he was trying to defend some guy against specific allegations which as far as i can see he never mentioned so he, he was he was asked to make a, a, his statement on behalf of his client and didn't make a statement yeah <laughs> like, he just talked about why why you know the senate was good and why the american democracy was good and he was like, like yeah yeah, yeah we all that. get that <laughs> right so so is your client involved in undermining it or not? And if not, tell us why you think that's the case. I mean, yeah. that's that's what I expected. But uh, no, I don't know what I, I probably didn't expect. I don't know what I expected. I it probably if if you had actually thought about it, it's probably exactly what you expected. Someone to say a lot of stuff without saying a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. there's not enough, not not an enormous amount of stuff to say. That's what the last four years has been about, really, isn't it? What just saying a lot of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, and just. Yeah. Nothing really coming of it. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. This is a can that we don't want to open, but no. Shall anyway, we, we shall we wrap it up there then? Let's wrap it up. Yeah. So are you gonna do the <laughs> intro now and then we'll get started? No intro. <laughs> yeah, that oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Dan, how's work? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's been interesting. Thanks for asking. <laughs>